Vénganse, vénganse, vénganse. Vamos a jugar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a cantar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a llorar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a fumar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a jugar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, neither was I, and I'm the one. <laughs> and I'm the one controlling everything. <laughs> Man, okay, damn, strike one already. Welcome, friends, to season two, episode 16 of On This Frequency. We are, we're missing someone today. We are missing Natalie. She's doing baby duties for my wonderful, tubby little, beautiful little baby, my nephew. But we are your hosts. I'm Ricky. And I'm Raymond Andrew. And we have a special guest joining us today, SP. Welcome. So if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, we'd like to invite you to watch our live stream show on Twitch every Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's always a different experience when you can see all of our body language. It makes a difference. So that's twitch.tv. What do you call this little slash thing? Twitch.tv. Backslash. Backslash on this frequency. Oh, I miss Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> she had that thing locked down so nice. And it's so smooth. She's good at what she does. Yeah, um, thanks. thanks. No, 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 no. Oh, my thanks, God. Thanks, Ray. Oh, my God. Everything. See? <laughs> Can't say nothing. But welcome, Twitch family. Thank you, all of those of you joining us. Wow, I'm really caught off guard that Natalie is not here. I'm, I'm sorry in advance, okay? I'm sorry in advance. But so here we are. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Because I have everything here. <laughs> but it just started, like, glitching on me. It's okay. It's Friday. There's a new moon on the rise. So, SP, I am so happy that you are joining us here today. Um, I met you for the first time, I think it was last year, at uh, The Real Ones. Yeah. At The Real Ones. You were next to the sound system. And you and I had a profound conversation, which I cannot remember. But I just remember like, man, this man is is serious business about who he is. And and ever since then, I've been a huge fan of yours. So I really appreciate that you're here with us. And so I want to ask you a very simple but profound question. And that is, who are you? Who am I? I was kind of thinking about that on the drive here. I was like, I, I, I think that's what she's going to ask me. <laughs> Either tell so me you, about so yourself you, or who oh, You're you a mind are reader you. now. Okay. No, he pays attention to the, to the podcast. He's, a, he's an avid listener. We appreciate that, man. There we go. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for um, having me here. Yes. Um, it's always a, a good time being in this, uh, this space. So being with uh, friends like you. Yes, you know. sir. So, I don't know. Well, I guess I, I, I am a Filipino immigrant mm-hmm. um, that is a husband, a father, uh, a DJ. There we go. <laughs> uh, a, fo- a lover of food and coffee. <laughs> food and coffee. A baker now A baker, also. yeah. All, yeah. all the things that gravitated me towards this man in in a non in, in a non-romantical type of way if i had to romantical 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 i love that I'm you with the you are uh, 
in the short amount of time that I've known you, you are definitely one of a kind, bro. Like, I've oh, never... And, it, and it's weird, so, because we always meet people online, right? We always meet people through Instagram, just based off of the people that we know mutually, yes. right? So, when we ended up um, following each other, just have, like, slight convos of go with common interests online... But then we actually met each other at Icy Ice's house. Yeah, yeah. And it was just oh, like... Oh, that was the first time? That was the first yep. time I met him. That was also the first cookie exchange, right? That was the very okay. first cookie exchange. And <laughs> yeah. it, You know what? Shout out to Icy Ice and Heidi because... Yeah, they get they, down. They have probably one of the best... Um, what's the word I want to say? Spreads. Well, not just spread, they but they... great energy in their home, too. Just the way they, they greet people and they mm-hmm. interact. Like, they're hospitality is on point is just immaculate like it's it's notches above everybody else's in, we in need to work honesty. on our game here a little bit <laughs> a little bit but but it it was cool because it's like we had all this food we had like a smorgish of just random stuff oh and yeah, then, yeah and then sp walks in with like <laughs> i got cookies and these weren't just regular cookies, what you got? bro. What you got? Right. These are like, I was like, yo, these cookies are on OD, bro. <laughs> like, what is going on with these cookies? And I was like afraid to have like a whole one. There, but it's an intimidating. We didn't mean to start talking about the cookie, <laughs> but we're going here now. Yeah, I apologize for interrupting no, no, your no, intro. No, 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 that, no. That's actually a good point. It is an intimidating cookie, okay? When I came home that night from the real ones when we went, uh-huh. and I had the cookie in front of me, and we were just kind of, like, there was a moment that I was just staring at the cookie, like... Was that your first encounter with the That cookie? was my first encounter with the cookie. It was the, the day that we went for the, yes, the, the last he, one we yes, seen him at. Yes, oh, so wow. then, So then I'm looking at it like, how am I going to eat this cookie? Because it is intimidating. It's a lot to, to process, right? And I thought, do I do this with milk? Do I do this on my own? Do I do this with ice cream? How am I going to take this cookie down? So it was just in <laughs> in portions, <laughs> like little bits and pieces. And then I could not stop. That was just hooked. It was like a drug. Dude, it's like the minute you take a piece, your <laughs> arm starts itching. You're like, oh, I got to have more. <laughs> but, they, but it was like just the... The camaraderie that day too was was awesome, man. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, I was like, yo, sure. SP. Like, I felt like I've known SP for like the longest. We were just talking about music and producers and just everything, life, you know. And and, and Bobito throwing in like yeah. everybody just. It's cool when when a collective of people who are within a certain realm mm-hmm. gather, and they don't even speak about that. Yeah. Right? Like wait, they up, don't speak about what. About that realm, like we don't, you know, like we we get together. We're not necessarily talking about just music, you know, like oh music, right, 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 right. Mu- music is our common interest that brought us all together. But there's so many different things that we can converse about through life, and that's how you know that you're like in the presence of someone that's actually good for you. You know what I mean? Yes. And when I started following SP on Instagram, this guy would post some again back to your posts. And a lot of it is on mental health, which is what we're going to talk about and get into. But man, some of the stuff that you post <laughs> really kind of stops me in my tracks. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and we've exchanged conversations talking about how, you know, some of this content that you post is really, it, it does stop you in your tracks and it makes you think twice about, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah. It's a big deal. So thank you for that. Yes, and thank you. <laughs> and thank you. and so with that, what leads you to to uh, put putting out those type of posts? And so it's one of those things where, um, kind of like the conversation that we had 
um, right before we started. It's like, I, I never know who could use this yes. little nudge mm. or a little encouragement. It's one of those things where, you know, I read it and I pause and I'm like, I can't be the only one that, right. you know, that needs to read this right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. And sometimes I, you know, I comment on it or I highlight certain things. Yep. Um, and it's part of my kind of like, like paying it forward. Um, and, you know, it's also one of those things where if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's okay. You know what I mean? I don't expect engagement, right? Uh, people that will get something out of it are the ones that it's meant for. So that's what. That's the way I kind of look at it. And I guess that's my next question. What do your DMs look like? Because <clears throat> you do post those things. And I like I DM you all the time. Like, yeah. I really needed to hear this. Do you get a lot of that, those types of responses of people saying like, man, you know, thank you for posting this. I needed this. It depends. <clears throat> usually it's just like likes or, mm. um, yeah, it's usually likes. And then um, some of it is like, wow. Um, I like there was one that um, I can't remember what it was, but there was somebody that responded and said, I just went through a rabbit hole looking at this person's mm -hmm. like content. Right. And it's the first time I've engaged with somebody's account like for this long. So I ended up following this account. Oh, so, wow. hmm. you know what I mean? So and I don't know, like mm -hmm. it's one of those accounts where I don't know them personally, mm -hmm. but it's like. And I'm not necessarily promoting other people's accounts, but it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I know me as a human being, um, I follow certain accounts like that because they resonate with me, right? So if another human being finds something in what I'm posting and they can take it with them and help them grow as mm -hmm. a person, then, you know, I did something to contribute to that person's well-being. And, and it just takes one person, right? Like, it does. Just one person. But you also work in mental health. I do, yes. Because I've seen you post even you you get the opportunity to play music for people in your workplace. So that's that's kind of a, a big blessing. Can you tell us more about what you do? Yeah. So <clears throat> I work in staff development. So just kind of a disclaimer, I'm not a licensed therapist, nothing mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I do work in staff development at, um, at a behavioral health company. Uh, where um, I facilitate trainings. So we've got people on staff that are like doctor, doctorate level, master's level, um, and they create these trainings, and okay. they train me, um, and I learn from them, and then I facilitate this training. I give feedback uh, um, to kind of change the trainings around, and then um, we train um, our staff. Right. So it's a privilege because you've got these folks who, you know, are PhDs that trust me and the rest of my team to facilitate this training to other folks who are licensed therapists, mm -hmm. who are counselors. And, you know, sometimes I'm like blown away that I'm like, okay, this is little old me, right? And I get to like, and I'm, I get trusted to like, you know, um, train these folks. And when I started this job, I was actually on the verge of like 
hanging up DJing because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Oh wow! And, um, you know, I was I wasn't at a I wasn't at a good place. Like I was on on like a burnout um, kind of um, place, and something had to go. So before the pandemic, you were already on the verge of a burnout. Uh, kind of, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, when the pandemic hit, I was like trying to keep up with everybody who mm. was figuring out how to DJ online. Mm. And because, you know, because of everything else, um, like my job at the time um, basically was demanding a lot of my time. And then, of course, I had to take care of the kiddos who were home at school. And that's when I was like, okay, oh yeah, it's something's something's got to give, mm-hmm. right? And I and I got frustrated because I'm like thinking, I was like, man, how how is everybody f- figuring this out and not me, you know? And I got angry, and 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 we'll talk about this too, like how I kind of recentered myself as far as like mental health because I got to a place where I really really distanced myself from the DJ community that I knew. Hmm. Like I didn't want to see it anymore. So I I unfollowed a lot of people. Oh, wow. But was it because as you mentioned, was it because you were seeing that they were going online and you were feeling like I can't, I don't know how I'm gonna do this right. part yet? It's Got like it. it's like it, it's like I don't I don't I don't, you know, it's it was looking back, it was like um it was an unhealthy response because it was almost like like, it's not their fault that they figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where, um, you know, that the whole, I guess, that past experience, like, you know, uh, when, you know, I guess you thinking back as a child, when you, that hope, that feeling of getting left out. Mm. Yes. You know, I was like, well, if you're going to leave me, I'm going to take my ball and go home. You yes. know what I mean? Like, that yes. type, that, that's that, how you that's, felt. That's where I went. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. Um, <laughs> until, uh, until the man, Babito the chef, hey, had to shout him out. Bobby. Um, who, you know, who saw and reached out. Hmm. He right? noticed something? Mm-hmm. Yep. He, I want to say he does have like some kind of sense, some kind of, he's, he's got, he's a very, I've learned he's a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. When I took my break off of social media, he was, it was so strange on days where I was really feeling low he would send me a text message. How are you doing? I'm checking in. And I was like, how, the yeah. heck, how does he know? But he does, that energy is very much, he's got a radar for that. Yep. Absolutely. And, and then, uh, I just remember he, like, he, he's like, Hey, um, come meet me to grab something to eat. So I went and grabbed something to eat. And then, you know, he told me about, you know, an event that it was like, Hey, it would be, it wouldn't be right. It was a, an event that, um, they were paying tribute to, you know, our good friend who had passed away in 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was an event that was a tribute to to him. And I was like, hey, it wouldn't be right without you there. Right. So, you know, I'm like, man, yeah, that's why I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I like this, like this, I, I, I don't know what was going on. Well, I did, but. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, and thank you, and mm-hmm. thank you for like just pulling me back it in, pulling me back, and knocking sense into me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always good to have a circle like that, right? Like, <coughs> mm-hmm. I experienced something similar to that 
but it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't because I was going through anything at that time. It was just more so in the realm of um I was just tired of everybody like so like I'm not sure if you ever if you ever got to this, but when people like everyone does the same thing, right? And when people don't understand the levels to where someone gets to within within that profession, right? And then it's just like, oh yeah, I do the same thing. Or I've been, oh yeah, I started doing, but it's just like, where it's like, I, it's been years. Like I, this is something I dedicated myself to, to the point where it's separated me from my family because it wasn't the choice that they had expected me mm. to take based off of like, like financial income. Is it going to be okay? Like, I'm sure you've heard it like your entire career as a DJ is just like, hey, it's not a real job. It's not. It's not feasible. It's not. It's not <coughs> adequate enough for you to be able to to make a living to provide for your family, right? So it's just like, man. When I hear people like, "Oh yeah, I do the same thing," it's just like, I just got tired of of hearing all that, right? So I started just doing it for myself, and I didn't do any more events. I, so you shut down too. I did shut down, and then same thing. Like what Bobito was for you was actually mm. Ricky Lee. Mm. Uh, my brother DJ Hex and DJ Severe, and just just what they built within here, right, and all the stuff that they do. There's sprinkles of other DJs and like some renowned DJs being like, "Why are you not, bro? You know, right. I, why aren't you after, doing this?" Yeah, after a while, I was just like, "Damn, <laughs> why am I not?" Like now, yeah. I feel like a like a, like a fool because if these people are telling me I could, why am I not? You know, and it's just like we need people like Bobito and Ricky right. and yep. Hex and Severe to push us to to be able to get comfortable again and, and see what our worth is. Whether it's within the music industry or just anything in life, we have to have a nice tight circle where people will always have your back. Whether it's good, bad, all the ugly shit, because when everything's nice and pretty, we all get to like admire it together, right? Right. And actually, one of our uh, viewers right now, Omi Torres, says the sanctity of a circle is prime. So, mm. yes. So I know we had talked earlier this week about what our topic was going to be like. What was it? And usually we kind of, you know, figure that out. But it was really last minute today because I think just a couple of hours before I, I text you and I said, I want to talk about men and mental health. Raina had an incredibly interesting day today. A very close friend of ours. Very, very, very close friend of ours. He had a was in a situation where he wasn't feeling well, and you know let us know that it's it had been a couple of days that he was feeling very anxious, mm-hmm. and that you know <laughs> his whole left side of his body was hurting. So I'm in the dentist chair trying to do this, and I'm telling Ray, "You need we, he needs help. We need to get him help right now because this is not, and this is." A warning this is a red flag and i appreciated that you know he reached out to us and 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 addressed that but it i've learned this year just this year alone how men don't talk about what they're what they're going through what they're mm. dealing with so besides that dear friend of ours who had that and and all of us collectively and going back to the sanctity of a circle is prime that's we all work together as a team to get him where he needed to be mm. so that he can you know take care of himself so he he could get to where he needed to be but with that i learned 
you know, Severe, I've, I've been his manager for a few years now. He's also struggled with it. I've, we've been in back-to-back -back shows where after one show, he's feeling pressure in his chest and I'm driving him over to urgent care after a full like 16 hour day and then learning, you know, Ray on, on his podcast, shout out to the Salmon Ray podcast, where he's telling his wife that he never shared his feelings of depression because she was feeling it. Mm. And how could he go ahead? I'm really just, I, 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 I don't even know what the feeling is to express how discouraged and sad I am that, the the men in my circle don't have or struggle with the ability to communicate or to to get help mm. vulnerably like to be able to say like fuck i need help like help <laughs> you know yeah that really shook me today especially because you know our friend in particular that it really we're not getting any younger and actually <clears throat> that that the opposite of of your case right where you saw everybody online, you know, this friend of ours went really hard online, you know, Instagram and Facebook and streaming on Twitch. He went hard and didn't stop for three years. And we realized like, Jesus, he hasn't had a break for that same reason that it's like, wait a minute, this is my livelihood. How the hell am I going to make a living when they've just shut everything down? And he, he went so hard that here we are now just in complete exhaustion and not operable anymore. It's almost like a gift and a curse, right? Because in in that description of, of what you just explained, there's also what SP was going through. And and obviously everybody individually, we all go through things differently. Mm -hmm. But the, that could have been, that could, this situation could have been a product of what you were missing. Right. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm a firm believer that in, in time, things will happen when it's supposed to happen, right. right? Like, these things need to happen. And along the way, if we ever try to create our own course, while our story and our destiny is written, we will be pushed off of the course that we try to create to try to get it's back so, onto yeah. the course that you're supposed to be on. So it's just like, even though you... I wouldn't say... Would you say you built, like, an animosity towards the collective of people that you were looking at like well how did they get it and i don't get it like there's some i i would assume for me that there would have been like a slight a slight bit of animosity like why can't i yeah yeah it out? i wouldn't say animosity i i mean I, there was uh, a level of resentment yes mm, okay. yeah um you know because be exactly that right it's like um i know i'm capable mm -hmm. right oh, yes. um and you know but why you know but at the same time it's like was that resentment warranted? Because it's like, again, like it's not their fault that yeah. they figured it out, right? And yeah. it's, it's also not my fault that I couldn't figure it out. It just, it just is what it what was. And it, it was just, what it was. And right? it's just within its timing. And mm. like, again, yeah. like I say, like it just, that wasn't your time for it to be, right? right? And I think that's just how it works. But but going back to like the, the side of like the mental health, because that is mm -hmm. not just with like given what, what we went through recently with anybody in our lives really, but just like in general, like it's, I wouldn't say it's a trend, right? Because it, mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it has been presented I, as a trend now. Cause I this think, was not a thing before. Well, I don't, I think so. A trend is something that comes and goes, right? I don't think that this is something that's ever going to go. 
where I think the trend is is where how people use it, right? To say that, like, if they're if they're going if they're not really going through these things, but they're trying to figure out a way to get out of a situation, they could use mental health. Oh, but as that's a abuse way. everywhere. Yeah, yeah right? people so right. find a way to abuse that. Yeah, I believe that's where the trend would be. Like mm-hmm. for someone to say, "Oh, it's because I got mental health." Like we look at some of the like the criminal activity, right? Yeah, and we look at. Not to bring up race, but if we look at like a race thing, like if one race does it, they they get no they get no um, like vouch for that. Which as a, as opposed as about? opposed to another ethnicity. race doing it, <laughs> it's a mental health issue. Right. So there's things oh, there's things like that 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 divide it in 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 what you said, like it's an in an abusive manner, right? But I think it's something that. I'm glad com- has come to light, right? Like, cause I've dealt with it myself. Again, like like Ricky said, like I've never, I never expressed it to anybody until it was on that episode with my wife, and she was talking about her depression. Mm. Yeah, and I just like, I didn't know how to express it to her, and I think again it goes back to timing. Like, hey, you know, when you were going through what you were going through, I was going through it too. I just didn't know how to go through it. And tell you about it because if you're going through it, how can I make your situation worse? Knowing what triggers right. you, right? So it's just like it's always the timing because this was. And I'm laughing because I was shocked as soon as I heard that episode. <laughs> I called both of them and I was like, "Are you seriously just finding out about this that your husband was depressed when you were depressed? Like, th- is this a real? This is really how this you just found out?" And it was. And and it's it took like ten almost eleven years mm-hmm. for that to come to light and even at that my wife was just like i want to cry i was like don't because now we can talk about it yes now we can go back and forth and pick it apart and i think what if when you have that type of dialogue and it's healthy and Mm -hmm. you understand that it's a timing thing right nobody is a victim within that conversation and no one is approaching it as such right what's your what's your takeaway on situations similar to that i know like again like for you just the stepping out and stepping back in was different. But did you, in in that process, ever feel like there was a form of depression, like kind of building? I I wouldn't say depression. So when I was thinking about, you know, how to approach like today's topic, mm-hmm. and how do I talk about it in a way that is universal, like mm-hmm. people understand. And as you were like talking, I was thinking about the hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. oh, right? Yes. Basic needs, right? Basic needs. And just the uh, uh, FYI for people who are familiar with the hierarchy of needs, people um, you might have heard it referred to as Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Maslow stole it from the Blackfoots. Wait, uh, from who? The Blackfoot Indians, the Blackfoot Native Americans. He stole the concept. Uh, while he was there of researching, course, of course. So he stole the concept. So the 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 Blackfoot Native Americans didn't call it the hierarchy of needs, but they conceptualized it and he took it, and did not credit. So whenever I train or whenever I refer to it, I just call it the hierarchy of needs. I don't refer to. I him. don't refer to. Got him. it. Yeah. So, but you see, like you got the um, the bottom part, right? Physical, mm-hmm. right? Uh, usually, it's like food. You know, uh, food, clothing, shelter, like that. And then you've got safety. Mm-hmm. You've got belonging. Uh, you've got self-esteem. And you've got self-actualization. Mm-hmm. 
right? So I think it's important to have at least a foundational understanding of basic needs because those are what drives behavior, Hmm. Mm, right? Because now understanding that if somebody behaves a certain way, you can ask, okay, what need isn't getting met right now? Hmm. Right? Like, for example, somebody who is who's meeting their upper level needs, right? So self-actualization, they're living the dream. Dream job, house, family, whatever. Laid off. Now there's a threat to the lower level needs. Mm. All of a sudden, they act on it, right? You see people stealing. You see people getting violent, Ah, right? I see, I see. So because now they the lower level needs are threatened. So I need I need to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. Right? So now I think one of the best ways that I've learned to interact with people and especially family, especially my kids mm. is that is like if if something is happening if I if I'm seeing them like showing some challenging behavior like instead of addressing the behavior it's like okay what do you need? What need isn't getting met right now? It's missing. Right? So maybe it's belonging. Maybe it's connection, right? That connect, like belonging connection. Mm. So it's like, okay, you know, like I think of my son. I was like, hey, come here real quick. Sit down right here. How you doing? You know, I, you know, they, I give a physical connection. It's like, you didn't, you didn't like it when I said you can't play it, huh? Mm. That, that's what it seemed like, huh? Yeah. I didn't like that. I want to play some more. It's like, well, you know, you know, so instead of addressing the behavior, I validate. I was like, you didn't like that. Mm. Right. So even think about it with, you know, kind of like how you responded to your wife. It's like, no, 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 no. It's okay now because now we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So you validated that, hey, you saw that she felt uncertain about something, but you validated so she in that in in that scenario right there, she had the need to be validated, mm-hmm. right? She it's it's it, when you're validated, you feel safe. So you're meeting mm-hmm. the need for her to feel safe. She needed to feel safe in that moment mm-hmm. by her saying, "Hey, you don't have to cry because we can talk about it." Mm-hmm. Now she feels safe. So the need was uncovered. It was met. And you didn't have to deal with the behavior. Uh, you know so, what I mean? So in the process of in the process of everything that goes on, you actually um, you're assessing, right? Which is actually a really crucial thing that a lot of us don't do. We don't assess, right? I think it ends up being like almost like we don't. It's almost like not listening. You're not. You hear what I'm saying, but you're not necessarily listening to what I'm saying. And because you're not actually listening. You're not taking the time to <laughs> yeah. assess the situation, right? Because there's there's verbal, like, the audible version of, of being able to assess it. Mm-hmm. But then, like he was saying, like, there's the body language. There's the, the like, if the, the shoulders drop and you see, like, just a little slight slump and you're just like, right. oh, no, we're not going there. That's not, we don't have to go in that route. We, we're actually, it's good, you know, and like you said, it, it, it builds that comfort. So it's just reading the body language, hearing the tones, through all that, you're assessing the situation before you decide to react to anything. How long is that process for you? 
it it all depends. You know, I always say get curious, mm. right? Oh when my you God, see yes. when you see something, um, like I like I have a teenager, right? And you know, um, like she's like she is. I would consider, um, you know, and again, you know, we, you know, sometimes as parents, you know, we kind of label, you know, not just our kids but kids, like the good kid, bad mm-hmm. kid, right? So I've learned um, to identify kids as high needs and low needs. So high needs kids are very expressive, right? Yeah. Um, and low needs kids, not that they don't need <laughs> I was needs met. Make me cry already. <laughs> but uh, but low needs uh, children with low low needs are usually the ones that are pretty independent, right? But you have to be more intentional with checking in with them to see, hey, are you good? Because it's easy to fall off with those kids. Right. Right. Yeah, it's easy to be like, nah, they're good. Yeah. And, and it's the high needs kids that are like always on your tail. I was like, hey, can mm-hmm. you make me this? Can I get this? Can I, you know, so, so, but, oh, um, shit. but I think of, you know, a scenario that I can I imagine that most parents of teenagers might go through, right? Kid comes home, slams the door. I hate my teacher right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to school, <laughs> whatever, right? And then I can imagine the response like, hey, what do you do with slamming that door? Yeah. Uh-uh, we don't slam doors around here. Get, yeah. get up to your room, right? Yeah. So uh, you're addressing the behavior, but there's a need behind that. Like there's yeah. a need behind that. And, <clears throat> and, you know, get curious means like, whoa, hey, what happened? Right. What's going on? What happened? Right? Mm. And I was like, well, blah, 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 blah. I was like, hang that sounds that sounds tough right you're just you're just reflecting back right mm-hmm. you're not passing any judgment on what happened you're not taking any sides you're just hearing what they're hearing and you're just hearing what they're saying right and you're just responding to it right you're you know because again another thing when it comes to the human condition is like brain development and this is something that's been super helpful when interacting with you know not just children not just teenagers but people in general so mm-hmm. one of the things that we use um at work is the hand model of the brain mm. right so right here the thumb is like the amygdala this is re- this is uh responsible for emotions this is like our primitive okay um part of the brain okay right this is the the, the, the part of the brain that responds to stress and the front part takes a, this is the this is what de- takes time to develop. So, mm. so this is like the um, the frontal lobe. This is where you know you decision making, all of that, right? So when somebody gets triggered into fight or flight, and the stress response kicks in, literally flip their lid, oh. right? So they come offline. So like when kids, especially little kids, I was taught a long time ago to when a kid starts whining or hmm. right. Use your words, right? But they're starting to come offline. They can't. You can't use, use your words. Can't use your words, right? So as so when I learned that, when I shifted that, okay, what do I need to do to get them back online, mm. right? So it's the same with humans, right? And, and it's dependent on the person, right? Yeah. And 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 think about it. If if you grew up, or if you were exposed to toxic environments. Mm traumatic situations mm. you're constantly teetering right mm. so you're, oh God, yes. you you never stay online you're like this 
Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're you're easily flip your lid, right? You're, you're easily either on the verge or right there, right? So you're so this is constantly on alert. So hmm. so it's the it's it's it, and I think looking back at my um, my experience in the pandemic, mm-hmm. that's where I was because we were all in a very mm-hmm. heightened mm-hmm. state, right? Mm-hmm. And and coupled with things that I never addressed in the past, like that kind of like, oh, mm, like mm. fast forward. Right. We're dealing with so this now, now. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my you, God. you explaining that Whew. now, it, it, it makes things a lot more easier for me to understand. So like one of the things that Ricky always mentions is like how I'm composed and <laughs> I'm like, I'm calculated about a lot of the things that we do. And right. Like, so in a lot of situations, many situations, she confides in me, right? So it's just like, because she knows that there's a process that I go through. But I always tell her, I said, like, I'm like that with everybody mm-hmm. except my kids. Mm-hmm. And But you explaining that now makes sense why I'm like that with my kids. Like, my kids, they got my lid up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> of, all, of all people, like, I, I'm good... I'm good with being like meticulous with the things that I'm doing and every, like this is why we should do it and I offer the contrary a lot of times just so that people always get a, a, a broader sense of, of whatever the scenario may be but when it comes to my kids it's like Pah! so that <laughs> there's something that I heard online this week that like kind of stopped me on my tracks mm. So he said that if you if your kid is if you're seeing some challenging behavior in your kid and you're feeling triggered, mm-hmm. imagine that you're 80 years old, right? And you are given an opportunity to go back into time, but this is the moment that you're being given right. to go back into time. Right? So like it's like you gotta you gotta reflect it right so Life. because it, you know you're 80 years old you know you're like sometimes you know i'm sure like the when, wisdom you know, kicks in it's like it's like man i i would give anything for time with my kid at this mm-hmm. age right so um so i think you know i i i, I think mental health and um you know with, with men and i think with, with anything i think it's so important to have that understanding of of just that foundation of like, mm-hmm. hey, our needs are universal. We all have them, yeah. right? We all have them, and we do what we do to meet those needs. Like, like you know, whatever we have resources for. Like, for example, I do a training for uh, for folks that work at a behavioral health urgent care, mm-hmm. right? So they see the staff there sees clients that have the potential to be violent right mm. um so one of the things that we one of the activities that we do is like hey i want you to write down as many things as you can mm-hmm. that you do to meet these needs you know safety physical all of this like we go through the whole hierarchy and then look at that i was like look at look at what you have access to mm-hmm. to meet these needs now think about the clients that you're working with. Mm. What access do they have to meet these needs? Mm. That's all they're trying to do. Yes, 
I'm not saying that violence is justified. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that aggression is justified. But there are needs, legitimate needs that are being met. There's a reasoning for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So so when it comes to like like for example, you know, even though it took a long time for you to, you know, to have that conversation with your wife, mm-hmm. there was a need behind that too. Right, mm-hmm. because and a lot of times you don't know what that, that right. need is. It's just it was probably to feel safe. Like you, you, you wanted, you wanted both, both of you wanted each other to feel safe. Yeah, in that moment. Yeah, right. But like, but generally, like the topic, how the topic came up was just like, I don't remember. Like I would have to actually go back and listen to the conversation and exactly like pinpoint why and how we got to that point of the conversation, but. That, again, goes to what I always explain. Like, that's just time. Time working itself out and you realizing that in in time, like, it's cliche to say it, but within due time, right, it's all going to work out, right? And nobody wants to hear that, though, because especially in the society that we live in, everything is instant. Mm -hmm. You know, you got instant coffee, instant oatmeal, instant... Deliveries. Ramen, like everything is like instant and deliveries, deliveries, you know, like everything is instant and, and we're just s- safe to say we all become fucking lazy. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> we we want, we want everything just handed to us, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. But that type of that type of uh, thought process of needing things at the moment doesn't allow everyday people and i say everyday people because you have and i'll I'll call it the education like working with these doctors and all these people that you work with that are at such a high level of it you're educated in that field right and normal people aren't so they don't understand the breakdown you know they don't understand the hierarchy that you explained right so the instant gratification pretty much just like supersedes any thought process of assessing any type of situation for us. Which is interesting because there was a time where I was working for um, Mi Vida and they're a small, uh, no, actually they're pretty big. They're a boutique and everything is handmade. All of their products are, you know, handmade. So it takes a minute to produce these things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all over the website. Like, hey, it takes, you know, 14 to 16 days to get these things done. Mm -hmm. Every time you buy something. So I was helping with the customer service and, Man, like people would be so upset if they didn't get a response on something or didn't get things right away. And I remember telling her, you know, she's a a woman-owned business. Like, it's really tough to compete with Amazon, who you Mm -hmm. can have a package within days. And so that has people in this mindset, to your point, that it's like, I want this now. I need this now. Why can't you Mm -hmm. do this for me now? And it removes the patience part of like everything (laughs) like everything even even business you know and And your um, interactions with people i I remember for um i'll say maybe like two years ago i was i was working on on a project and they wanted me to create um like a promo video for this Mm. warehouse that was a 3pl company um which at that time and this is how fast things just switched up right because this was about that's about two, three years ago. And that two, three years ago, it was just Amazon, right? But now you have all these other logistic companies 
that are offering 3PL services to where it's just like if Ricky wanted to start something, like start a brand or start any type of merch line or anything like that, she just has to create an account with this 3PL warehouse mm. and they store all her stuff mm. and they ship out all her stuff based off of whatever it is that they, she has to send out. So it's like even other people are, are, are like gravitating towards how fast we need to and they're, now they're everywhere. Like you look, it's like damn. Why are there so many warehouses? Like the Inland yeah. Empire is is be- easily becoming mm-hmm. just a pot of just warehouses, yeah. right? Like it's it's either an apartment complex. I think in due time, we're not going to see any more houses. We're not going. We're, we're everything's going to be like townhomes or apartments. Yeah, and that's going to be the norm in due time because of how they have to structure everything. It's almost like um, I want to say. What Italy or France, where everything oh, is just stacked up, yeah. mm. like the roads are tight, but it's because they're just like living on stacks of houses, like apartments. Everything's an apartment. That's normal, and it's 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 crazy that we live in that society. But then, what's happening in LA already? Yeah, and and but but then it also explains a lot to why there are these mental illnesses and all these things that people go through the anxiety the all that like it's it's crazy because we don't realize that we're creating it for ourselves we are going to be our own destruction that's already settled and it's done and i can't remember what documentary i watched where it literally says that but i do want to check in with our twitch chat thank you everyone again for joining us we have so i was talking to ray before you came in and i was like i i want to say dj sp but I feel like, <laughs> yes, you're a DJ, and that's how I recognize you, right? But what's your take on how what, how people refer to you? Like, what's your preference? I mean, as far as, like, um, I think the, the, the way people call me depends on their level of familiarity with me. Okay. Mm, right? So, you know... Um, we're, obviously at home I've got, we're nowhere near, we're nowhere near the circle. We Ricky. know the government name. We know oh, the no. government name. Right. But I met you as, as SP, right. Right. And as DJ SP, but, but now I lost where I was going with well, this. Well, no, like I was introducing you to our Twitch folks. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so DJ SP actually stands for my full birth certificate name, David mm-hmm. John Salcedo Perez. Whoa, 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 The DJ part two? Yeah. Yeah. David see, John. See, so he, he explained it on his Twitch uh, when he first when he first started yeah, coming yeah. up on Somebody his Somebody asked me, yeah. And he explained it, but he's as fast as he said it, that's as fast as I he said it there. I feel not guilty at all now so for calling you David DJ David John yeah. Salcedo Perez. Yeah, it's, it's my initials. So DJ SP. And he is on Twitch, and one of my favorite things about his sets on Twitch are um, the questions that you ask yeah. folks. You always have a, a prompt, and it gets the chat going, you know, whatever question it is that you have. It's it's one of my favorite things. And the reality has become is there's so much interaction that happens on Twitch now, or on chats. Like, relationships exist <laughs> on Twitch, which, going back to what I was saying, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. All of the comments on, mm-hmm. on the chat, they're very insightful and very helpful, and uh, we're healing. We're all healing in the yeah. chat today. But I do want to go back to everything that you were mentioning because as you were talking about your teenagers, in my head as I was intently listening to what you were saying, I couldn't help but to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh in the middle. It's because I said intently no. listening? 
Is that Vin, what it was? Because Vinny says he calls you Papa Kiss. Yeah. Wait, why does he call him Papa it's a, Kiss? It's a reference to Joshua Weisman. It's like a, a, a YouTube chef that we both watch. Oh. So he like he he just like um the way um he's just like Papa Kiss like the um because like, it's because they're fucking they're chef extraordinaires over here. <laughs> This dude's, a, this dude's a fucking baking king. Wait, Vinny's a, over here. And you this, know, Vinny makes his own bread before he makes a sandwich, that's right? ridiculous, Vinny. <laughs> and I love a good sandwich. Like, sandwiches are, like, but, my favorite. But back to back to your reflection of, of yes, teens. because it, it... And there's a point to this, right? Um, you're talking about teenagers, right? And I couldn't help but to think about all those times that I did yell at my kids, like, why are you slamming doors up in this house? Like, ah. But because I'm coming home from a toxic work environment and I'm just as fucked up as whatever they got. And no one's asking me what my needs are. So it's like this vicious cycle. But at the same time that I'm thinking about like, dang, how did I misstep with my kids? Right. I'm also I was also thinking about my own youth, like my Mm. own, you know, Mm. teenage years and what I was allowed to say or not say or what I was being asked or not as so it's a beautiful thing and again i go back to that's why i love following your page because a lot of the stuff that you post does have to do with your inner child and right. healing that part because right. if you just heal your little baby ricky then yeah. you might be able to have a completely different relationship with with you know your kids and i know that my kids get irritated all the time because despite my and I say limited because I do feel like there's a lot more that I could learn about how to address them, right? Mm. I do have dialogue with them. Mm. We do have very open conversations yeah. with them. And they, in turn, have, you know, very frank commentary about how I deal with them. Because, again, social media has all these resources now right. where they're like, Mama, you're doing this or you're doing that. And that. And I'm like, okay, what? what? But, but see, that's, that's a good thing. What's and gaslighting? I, I didn't know what gaslighting was. I've actually witnessed like these dialogues between I say I want to say all your kids, even even yeah. your son. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of refreshing, right? Because <laughs> one of the things that like we're we're all shitty parents. I, that's just how I look at it. Like especially to your first, right? Your firstborn, it's a first for everything. It's the first time is your, your child's going to do this or that, and it's going to be the first time you have to learn how to react to it. Not learn how to react, but that reaction is going to be different. So your second and third, however many kids you have, everyone after that mm-hmm. child gets the better version of you. And I always tell my son that. Well, like, let me, let's reframe that. Let's reframe that mm-hmm. because one of the things that I've learned over the years is 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 thinking strength-based, Okay, right? Thinking so, strength-based. Yeah, based. so st- think okay. of your strengths instead of deficits. So, okay. Like I understand what you say when you say we're all shitty parents, mm-hmm. right? But let's take a reframe because I think language matters, especially okay. for ourselves, right? Yes. Okay. So instead of me it's saying, I was like, man, I'm a shitty parent. I was like, I'm still learning as a parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Amen. You know what yeah. I mean? So, it's how, it's so, how we talk to ourselves. So, so shift it a little bit because, because you know, it, it, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, that's that's part of our... You see what you um, did? <laughs> it's it's you that, spoke it into existence. It's because you hit me, fool. <laughs> so I, you know, I really think language matters because when when we soften our language on ourselves, uh, it, 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 it becomes something that we speak to other people. It right? becomes our truth. Right. Well, it becomes a pattern also. Like, it's, it's something that you learn to start building. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because your wife just commented. Uh, 
got nervous there, huh, Raymond? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's I think that's perfect because because shout, Ray, out, shout out to my wife. Yes, yeah, Sammy Rochelle. Ray has and, and again, we've had some intense conversations about parenting. And he has said that, like, yeah, you know, it's tough on the first one and the second one. And I never stopped him from saying you're a shitty parent because I'm thinking yeah. too. Fuck, I'm a shitty parent too. Like, how have I messed up my children? But you and I just talked about earlier today, the voices that we have in right. our heads. SP, I literally had to envision, and I had this conversation the other day with, with Severe because we were talking about the things we tell ourselves and how we tell ourselves that so much over and over again, <laughs> we start to believe it, right? And then you you believe what you the negative things that you say about yourself. I had to literally imagine myself in a little uh, emoji, an emoji of myself sweeping away. Don't judge mm, me. No. But I every time I would have a negative thought or I would say something bad about myself, I would imagine this little person just t -t 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 with a broom, like sweeping this away, like get out of here and talk to myself like a crazy. And I, I was about to say like a crazy person, but that's a stigma too that I, I, that I need to stop saying. Your response would have been my response. Correct. To her or even to my wife it's or anybody. Correct. Like, right. So it is it is something that like I worked on with building with other people and making sure that. We know how to speak to other people in a certain way, right. right? But we don't do it for ourselves. Our inner hater is the worst. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and 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 you you know that because then it comes with those conversations. It comes with the dialogue. Like again, like with my wife when she was going through school, I would always tell her, like, you know, it doesn't even matter if you f like when you finish if you go in the field that you studied. Like that doesn't consider that doesn't make you a failure. That doesn't like don't let that get to you. Just finish it and see where it takes you. Because again, it's time. Time will take right its course and it will tell you where you need to be. So these like the thing like the same way you're saying it, like, man, like don't call yourself right a shitty parent. Let's not do that to ourselves. I would say the same thing, like, no, Correct. you're not a crazy person. But then in a sarcastic way, I'd probably right. be like, well, are you, are you crazy? If you're crazy, <laughs> then you're crazy. And it goes back to some of the comments in the chat where Omi Torres says like, we, we don't have manuals for this. Oh, we no, do we not come yeah. with a manual. And no. Erica is saying, how can we expect ourselves to be perfect at something we've never done right. before? Right. But we're so quick to trash ourselves and be like, ah, you're messing all this up instead of being compassionate with ourselves. And, and do you, do you think a, a lot of it, again, in conversations that I have with my wife is sometimes like we get so self-conscious about the things that we think other people are going to see in us because those often are the t things that we look at other people doing, right? Like if you think that I'm a shitty parent, it's probably because I'm out here wondering why you're a shitty parent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like it's just like, so like your mind starts playing a, a game with you where you're just like, yeah. well, here's, I mean, this is something that uh, I, I, um, I heard it a while ago, um, and it it it's really caused me to reflect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, since it's like, do people refuse? Are the people that that constantly refuse to ask for help? Is it because they judge people <gasps> when mm -hmm. they ask for help? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I'm not saying that everybody is that way, but like, do do the people that are just so you know, no, I don't need any help. Is it because deep down they're judging other people 
They're like, look yeah, at this and, guy and asking it, for and help. It's without, right. And it's without context, right? Because we do... We don't know the truth. We do look at people, but we don't actually know the scenarios. Like right. I said, we don't know the truth to it. Why are the? Why is this person asking for help? Like, if we're looking at someone and judging them because they're asking for help, like, how do we not know that they've actually exhausted every option that they can before they ask for that? But in our head... And you're weak. You're asking for help, and now I because I said that about this person, I can't show that I'm weak, and I'm not gonna ask for help. And let me tell you that friend that we were talking about earlier that we were helping out. You know, he asked for help today, mm, yeah. and and I told him, dude, I'm proud of you. Like, thank you for at like that you trusted us, that you're reaching out, that you're exercising your your voice to say that you need help. We're tired as hell. We're gonna have a long ass yeah. weekend, but we're gonna show up for you because right. we mm-hmm. know. That one day when we need your help, because now, now the fact that, that he asked for help, it kind of encourages me to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it encourages me to, to say, damn, you know, I'm, I'm in a, a safe space now where now mutually amongst all of us, we have this opportunity to express when we need help. And I, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm going to emphasize that to him as well, because and, it's important. It, it goes back to. I know Vinny was being funny, but it goes back to we're not perfect. Like, yeah. I, like you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we try to p- portray this image, right? But it's just like your, your true friends and your true circle understands that you're not perfect. It's okay. We, so many of us want people to see the highlight reels and oh. they don't want to see the behind the scenes. Like, you know, we, we don't want people to see the behind the scenes. Like how many times it took you to make the reel. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, right. you're like, damn it, damn it, right. damn it. How many times, you know what I mean? Like, they, yes. You just want them to see the finished product and not the struggle to what's going and on. And to my point that I appreciate that he, Ray and I went through some through something recently where I saw a vulnerable side of him and I was like, man, it was so nice to see that because I do hold, and this is the other thing I thought too, I do hold Ray in high regard. Like he's someone that I respect and that I trust and that I rely on, you know, as a good source of help and support and reliability, right? And so, and but I also realized like, okay, well, I, I put him without even asking, put him on this pedestal, Right. Because I'm like, okay, here's a good point of reference to a solid human being that I feel safe with and that I can count on, right? And so because of that, I almost, when he doesn't, when I see that he's an actual human being and he does have feelings, not that you don't have feelings, I know you have feelings, but when he lets them show. (laughs) It didn't show when you pushed me and I knocked over the mic. I was like, oh my God, thank you. Because it makes me feel like, because I, I always feel like I'm the nutcase of the group. I always feel like I'm the one always falling apart, always complaining, always overwhelmed by life. So it's nice when my circle of, of friends show, Your circle of support. show their vulnerabilities and show and expose their worries and their concerns. And that's what's actually helped me feel safe. Right. Because I can now feel safe around these people where... Outside of that, I have to be put together for everybody and their mother all the time, 24 hours, seven days a week. So would you say I was perfect in my vulnerability? <laughs> Damn, I'm good. Get the hell out of here. Damn, I'm hell. good. Okay, but wait. SP told me it's all about how I use my words. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> it's is. all about how I use my words. So I was perfect in my vulnerability. A thousand percent. But but here's the I'm thing. I'm 100 for 100 on the perfectionism <laughs> you see? in now your this, eyes. Now this happens. There we now go, baby. 
now this happens. But Put I want to go back board. to the cookie situation. Yeah. Because I found myself <laughs> having a conversation <laughs> again with Severe and his his mental health struggles and what he's got going on and how we all have this stuff going on and how we don't stop, right? It's just go, 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 work, 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 work. You're trying to hit a goal. You're high, trying to hit this target that you completely forget how to be just a regular, tangible human being. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, what? Like, grow a plant. Like, plant something. Get your hands dirty. Like, cool. Yes, you're on this trajectory and you're going someplace and we're all going someplace. But sometimes the most basic things, I recently realized, I see my mom, my mom religiously will come home and she'll cook for herself. She'll pack her lunch for the next day. She prepares her food. I've recently realized that's an act of self-care. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking about what you're going to eat the next couple of days. Because I'm looking at myself going to work, tired, hungry, snacking on everything because <laughs> I didn't pack anything. Because I didn't prepare. I didn't cook for myself. So I said, Jesus, that time my mom takes to do that, that means something. That's important. So here's what I have to say about that. So um, being on the go, especially like folks that have to, right? Right. You know, um, you know, it's part of it's part of their daily, right? Yeah. Um, it's easy. It's so easy to rely on aftercare mm. and and call it self care. Fuck. Right. So there's self care and there's aftercare. Self care no is preventive. Okay. Aftercare is restorative. So aftercare is something that you do. I had a bad day. I'm gonna go get some sushi. Right. Fuck. But self-care is something like what you said. Hey, grow a plant. Take care of a plant that, you know, if that if that is something that fills your cup. Right. So because if you are on the go. Right. So imagine a car. Right. Imagine mm-hmm. the car. You, you got to fill up. Right. right. You got to fill up, you know, and and when you are working, you know, you know, as a DJ, even if you're not necessarily working directly with human beings, you are you are working yeah. with other human beings. You're providing a service, right? So in a sense, you're pouring into other people. And that's an using... exchange of energy that's Abs- draining. Absolutely. So and you cannot pour from an empty cup. So so it's one of those things. Self care is what constantly is what constantly keeps your cup filled, right? Mm-hmm. So and then aftercare is if all of a sudden your cup gets drained like that. And then aftercare is like, okay, I need a quick, quick fill. So, but if, but if you are already running low and then you experience something that drains that rest of you, right. And aftercare is just a quick, it's, it's a quick fix. So, Mm -hmm. so for me, that's something that I have to remind myself of is, okay, am I practicing? Is my really practicing self-care or is just, is this aftercare that I'm calling self-care? Oftentimes aftercare ends up being, um, expensive. Yeah, because because then it, and it, it becomes a crutch. Because it, yeah, Damn. because then it's just like comfort, right? It's the comfort, like oh man, you know what? I'm gonna and we and we had this conversation the other day because I was just like, man, don't judge me. I'm snacking, right? right. I'm snacking, like, yes. And it was just like snack after snack after snack, but it's because I didn't prepare myself to not. Right. Be but we, in that, we've been that actively state. trying. We've been right. actively trying to prepare for when we do shows and stuff like that. We have, but I, I had no idea of about aftercare, had no clue that that was even a thing. I recently, I get, I love massages. Like pff, I'm down for a good massage. Mm. And my, <laughs> my 
like massage therapists. We don't even speak the same language. But this little old man knows my body. Like, he knows how stressed out I am. And I realized, uh, you're just getting all the aftermath. Like, mm. literally all the aftermath of all my stress, of all my anxieties, of my tiredness. A complete empty body that I'm now expecting you to com restore completely. I had no clue that that was a thing. Well, I know. Um, Damn. With my wife's cousin. So my wife's cousin, it, she does. Um, she's like, she's. Uh, I don't. I don't want to butch what she studied, but she she's a masseuse, right? Mm -hmm. But she does it in in different forms, like holistically, all all the different various forms. But there's days where she like she's explained it to me where she's just like. They need the detox day. Oh God, I because, imagine because there is that like exchange of energy, and it's just like they're sucking all that out of you, and it's just yeah. like they go home with all that heaviness, and it's just and and it made sense when she said it because myself when I'm when I'm at the shop like cut after cut yeah you guys are therapists too <laughs> cut <laughs> cut after cut it's just a different conversation about a different thing, and it's just like you have to train your mind to turn on and turn off for each one, right? Like one guy could be going through a death in his family and the next guy is going through a breakup and the next guy just got a job promotion right. and the next guy's having a kid. So, so there's a term for that. Um, and I know, you know, uh, and, 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 and you can use this term, you know, you can apply this term to what you're experiencing. So for mm -hmm. folks that, that work um, in behavioral health, you know, counselors and therapists, what we call it, it's called vicarious trauma, where oh. you are hearing other people's trauma, but you are experiencing it, right? Mm -hmm. So it turns into a cycle where if you end up, if you um, if you absorb enough of that vicarious trauma, it can turn into compassion fatigue, which means you become numb, right? You like you just, you know, it's it's your body's response to that. Because think about it, if you if somebody is experiencing firsthand trauma, their fight or flight, sometimes they shut down, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. It's compassion the same thing. Fatigue. Ca compassion fatigue. You get tired. Your body gets tired of hearing these stories and you don't, you, you, you begin to lose empathy, right? And it's a real thing because, Damn. because, because it's Damn. about, it's your body's Damn. natural response because your body is designed to survive, right? So mm -hmm. if, if your body, if your mind, if your brain sees this as a threat, like, hey, I'm starting to feel traumatized by these stories. Oh, my God. So I'm just going to kind of like shut. Block it. Block, yeah, exactly. I'm hearing it, but my body's not going to feel it anymore. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense because there's times where I don't even talk back to my clients. Right. Just, mm. It's usually like, how are we doing today? How are we going to get the cut? This is how you like it? Cool. And it's just like 30 minutes. Do, 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 do my thing. And that's it. And sometimes I feel bad because this is like, I try to tell people too, like, look. Damn, compassion. In, in the different fields that I'm in, it, go, it goes back to what you were saying. I have to, I have, I'm dealing with so many different people and so many different emotions yeah. and, and, and things that were just like, the transitions between everything at some point, it does it does feel like fatigue. It's just like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you today. But to them, sometimes I think it's like, oh, he's just being an ass. Or like, what's wrong with this? It was just like, look, dude, I could, I could cut anywhere from 50 to 60 people in a week. 
and this is yeah like imagine a blender right mm-hmm. like you're like the more it, you it, it gets it, it gets intertwined right yeah. so 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 for people like like our company is contracted with LA County Department of Department of Mental Health so we mm-hmm. we serve a lot of uh, a lot of families and youth um, that you know that that are underserved right so mm-hmm. um, so there are a lot of folks that uh, have experienced trauma so that's why we emphasize the whole element of self-care mm. and because it can happen um, you know the worst case is you begin to feel like dang, where do my problems end and where do theirs begins? Because it gets so intertwined mm-hmm. and it becomes like this emotional blender. And Jesus if you're not Christ. careful, and if you're not careful, and it and it, you don't have to be a therapist to experience it. And it doesn't even have to be like, mm. you know, you as a barber. It could be with... It just be you as, as could, a person as, yeah. who's, a, who's a confidant. To right, many. exactly. Yeah. Right? So, so you know, um, and, and sometimes we feel guilty for setting boundaries for ourselves. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but I, but I think it's okay. I was like, you know, sometimes if you, if you don't have the capacity and you're aware of that, give yourself permission to tell the person, it's like, Hey, can I give you a call? Like, and you know, like if you sense that it's not like an emergency, like, like you said today, it was like, you sense it was an emergency, right? Right. So even if you were already kind of like at capacity, you're like, I need to like step in and help. But if you, if you make, it's like, Hey, would it be okay if we have this conversation like tomorrow? Because I'm going to be at a, I'm going to be at a better capacity to like Mm. hear, listen listen to you. One person that I have practiced that with is this one. (laughs) 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 Only because, because a lot of times like it, it, it is that like I'm at the shop and I'm dealing with, with this. And then, it's, it's just also a caring of wanting to make sure that my attention yeah. is is solely on what she has to say or what she needs to express, right? Which we've learned where I'll just dump everything out and be like, just put a pin on this. Like, just know that mm-hmm. I know you can't talk about this right now, but we got to address this later. Like, we'll deal with this later. And, and even, even with my wife, like, I try to... Like, it, it comes off sarcastic, but it's like, do you want me to respond? Or am I like, no, but that, but, but that, you but, that level, right. but that yeah. level of directness right. is necessary. Because, right. because then, because then, too, like now, I will know how much of attention is required, right? right? Because if you just need me to listen, then I just gotta, I just right. gotta listen and remember. But if you want me to respond, then I gotta listen, assess, and then go about the process of how we're gonna go about this dialogue. But it, it's, it, 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 it you're like pinpointed on that like perfectly because. It's just so much of of all that going on of the back and forth, and again, it takes and, so it takes so much practice. Like, yes, and and, and you never know how the other person is going to respond. And you know, I think of my nine year old, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, like he's excited to tell me something, uh-huh. but I'm in the middle of something, right? And I have to get this particular thing done, and you know, I have to tell him. I was like, hey, I can see that you're really, really excited about what you want to tell me, and I want to hear it, and I want to hear it well. So let me finish this. Give me five minutes. And, and then let me hear it. You know what I mean? So you just kind of valid, but it takes it's like you're prepping. But, but but with that, that took so much practice. Like but the for, the first part, I can yeah. see you're really excited about this. That's right. what I need to practice. And, and the thing is, with me, likewise, likewise. you know, yeah. how many times, you know, before would I be just like, not now, right? I like, can't you see? I'm do- in the middle. It's like that still happens. And that you and know that, what I mean. But that goes back to what you're Damn. saying. It's the wording. Like the wording right. is very important, right? Like. I've caught myself doing that with my daughter. Like my daughter, 
it's just like a an explosion of expressions, right? Like as soon as she leaves school and the minute I ask, how was your day? She doesn't care that like I'm reading an email or I'm reading right. messages for events and this and that. She's just like, you ask me a question, boom, here we go. And she just spills it all out. And at some point I detach because I'm like, oh shit, she's still talking. <laughs> but, it's, but it's kind of like, but it's, right. it, but it's one of those things where it's just like, if I would, it also is my fault because I shouldn't have asked in that moment knowing right. that I'm busy or that I'm, I got something that's occupying me to where I'm not solely a hundred percent on the conversation that's going to take place. So now, like for me, what helps with that is, you know, how can you get specific with the question, right? So mm-hmm. like, for example, kid comes home, hey, who'd you sit with at lunch today? Yeah. Mm. And then they can be specific. Oh, yeah, I sat with someone. It's like, oh, cool. Or, huh. hey, did anything funny happen at school today? I've tried that. Like, oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that way... You expect you you have an you have an expectation of what mm. the answer like and then they know that hey that's all dad that's wants all that, that's all dad wants to hear it's like cool it's like all right um let's uh you know let's talk some more later let me get back to these you know what I mean so mm. so you know and again you know I I don't want to come off as like this like expert but it's like all of these things and tools that I've learned I you know I'm still putting into. Well, that's, practice. There, there, that's the thing is there's constant education. Right. Yes. And we, and we speak about that all the time. Continuous it doesn't, improvement. It, it doesn't matter what field you're in. You could be a carpenter. You could be a barber. You could be you could be in, in retail and just be like it's there's constant improvement. Right. And you have you can't be complacent because when you become complacent, you become lazy. And when you become lazy. Right. Things mistakes end up happening. But it, it's just like. I feel guilty I, now. Uh, I'm lucky that my youngest child, like how you're saying, like what I just learned, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to insert this part. Hey, I know you're excited about this. That just blew my mind right now because she'll come to me and she'll tell me, I know you're really busy right now and you're in the Mm. middle of something, but I really need a moment to talk to you. Now what I'm dealing with is the guilt that my my 16-year-old is the one who has to identify that... is the one identifying how to correctly, right? In how to safely speak to me. That embarrasses me. Let me, and let then me, I feel yeah. guilty. Like, look at your kid. Like, you don't even know how to come at your kid, but they know how to come at you. Look at, oh man, I. But, be, but here's the, here's Lord a, have mercy. Here's the thing you gotta understand. It's it goes back to what SP was saying. <sighs> like, it's you have to have compassion for yourself, right? You have to be able to be like, it's okay because the thing is, at the end of the day. <clears throat> your your child is is a reflection of your leadership, right? She acknowledges these things and she's comfortable with approaching you in this way because you are the leader. So she's learned a lot of what she's going about from you. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean that you've put into practice every single time and in every encounter you guys had together, but I could safely say that your 16-year-old daughter is not a normal sixteen-year-old <laughs> yeah, person. Well, and, <laughs> and see, and what you can do, like when that happens, is like thank or it's like, hey, thank you for, you know, thank you for acknowledging that I'm in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's you know, you know, thank you. Like mm-hmm. you know, so that way, it removes the guilt because it's like, you know, it's not about feeling guilty. You know, and and I and and I hear you because 
Man. Because I feel like they deserve so much more. It's like, right. I'm so sorry that I just gave you this terrible version of myself or that I gave you this tough life. I'm sorry that I, you deserve the world. You deserve so much, and I can't give but you that. here's a beautiful thing, though. Here's a beautiful that thing. It kills me. Our children will love us no matter what. Right. Right? That's the beautiful thing. And another beautiful thing is <laughs> we can repair. Like, for me, that is something that I... That, that, that was a goal of mine, right? Mm. The, a goal of mine is to practice repair because I'm going to mess. And I, I have like this week I have messed up, but it's not about perfection as a parent, but it's about our willingness to repair mm. when we mess up. Right. And that's a big struggle for it. It really is. Cause I, I, I even look back at the past, right. Oh. And, and I always tell people like, man, if there's one thing I regret, and I regret nothing in life, is regret not being a better father to my son when he was younger, mm. right? And it's just like, I wish I could have, but at the, at the same time, like, I feel bad giving myself that, like, you did okay. And like how you're saying, like, you can repair it. Right. You can repair it now. And that's one of the things I always tell Ricky, I said, like, with just in general, anything in life, whether it's parenting or, or anything, you can't fix the past. Right. And the more you try to fix the past, everything within right. your present and your future is just going to it has no it has no chance of building. It's just going to crumble with everything right. else because you're just shoveling. It's it's like I have to like I have to say that, you know, I may not have gotten the best parenting advice, like, mm -hmm. you know, from people from people that mean well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized that because there are some things I was like, oh, my goodness, like my approach with my my oldest you know, when and your she was younger, how old? 14 now. 14. So now I'm, I have the opportunity to kind of shift. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I remember there's one time that, um, like for me, my primary love language is words, right? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. So, um, so at work we talk about, Hey, what gift or power do you hold? You know, mm. bring to a space, bring to work. It's a gift or power because you can use it to hurt or to heal, Oof. right? So words, I can use it to heal, but I can use it to hurt. Yes. Right? And when I, when, I, when I get to a point, that's sometimes how I try to get my point across, especially like, you know, with my kids. And now it took practice to like go back and say, hey, I'm sorry about the way I talked to you. I was like, you, that, that wasn't. I should not have said it that way. Mm. I was like, no, but, and then, like I said, our kids will love us anyway, because my kid would be like, no, 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 but you were right. Ugh, I should, right. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, even if, even if I was in the right, the way I talked to you mm -hmm. was not the way I should have talked to you and you deserve better than that. So you, you it, explaining that makes all the sense to why like people, because like it's, there's some people when they're wrong, they don't know how to apologize. Right, right, but your 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 way of doing it is is by speaking, right, being able Conversing. to express that, right. And we oftentimes we look at people and like, why are you trying to buy your way out of this, right? <laughs> but that's their way of apologizing, right. and we I guess. Oh yeah, I see that. I guess you got to kind of take it like, all right, they are sorry. I guess there's levels to it though too. Well, think about it, because in. in 
you know, at the end of the day, I th- we are we are creatures of instinct, right? Mm-hmm. So right. if we acknowledge, like for example, I'll, like I'll give you know, um, if my wife is listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, but uh, I remember when I was working inpatient mental health years ago before we had kids, right? Mm-hmm. We were still dating, and we got in a fight, right? So here's me. I work in mental health. I, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm this like awesome, communi- <laughs> awesome communicator. I right? got this. I got this. Awesome communicator. And all of a sudden she's like, I was like, you better stop talking to me like one of, I'm one of your patients. Oof. And then I was like, you better stop acting like one of my patients. And oh, I was like, no. and, and it's one of those Ooh. things where I'm like, that escalated quickly. I was like, I <laughs> <need to> t- <laughs> Whoa. right. So that escalated so, quickly because even though I learned how to communicate assertively, it's one of those things that it's not instinctive. Like it's mm. not like assertive communication, being able to communicate effectively. It takes so much work, right? Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. rely on instinct. So either we're passive, we're passive aggressive, or we're aggressive. Yeah. Right. Right. So those come natural for us. And especially because guess what? Like, if we are reliant on instincts, <laughs> everyone's blown away yeah. by what you did. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. All the comments in here are just like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I look down and I see my wife's name. I was like, <laughs> well, if if think about where we learn those instincts from, yeah, we learn those instincts from those who the brought us up. Yeah, right. right? So, oh god. So at some point, I had to make the decision. Once I was aware, I was like, okay, I rely on instinct, right? And I realized, okay, these are the people that I learned these instincts from. So I had to make the decision. Am I okay mm. hmm. with those instincts? If I'm not, then I got to I gotta do the work, right? Oh, it's, it's my responsibility now. Mm-hmm. Now that you I was You know like, better. Now you right, got to do better. Yeah. Right. right. So, and this is, this is just uh, my way. You know, like I said, um, I, I love my, my boss's favorite author um, and person in the world is, uh, is Maya Angelou, right? And her oh, favorite yeah. quote that she shares all the time is when you learn, teach, when you get, give, right? Oof. So, and this is something that that I'm kind of taking on myself, right? Yeah. So when I learn, teach, yes. right? So it's like, I'm learning all of this and I want to be able to teach that because somebody, some, somebody else was willing to, to, to teach me this, yes. right? And, and again, and I want to be, like, I, I, like, I want people to, to, to join me in, in just, the learning mm-hmm. process. process of yes. it, right? And and being able to like, you know, encourage encourage each other and and normalize the idea that we are not supposed to be perfect, right? The whole it's <sighs> perfection isn't the point. Well, there goes mine. <laughs> and and you know what? <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, we're all, you know, we're all creatives here, right? Right. So it's not about perfection, it's about excellence. Right? There's mm. a difference between perfection and excellence. Explain and, that. And excellence is is think about like like uh, think about ninety percent ninety percent complete, right? And this is going to be tough for like creatives. Ninety percent complete and shared with the world makes more of an impact than a hundred percent perfect and stuck in your head. <gasps> Stop. Stuck in your journal. Stop. Stuck oh. in your hard oh, drive. You he said the J word. You saying that, uh, homie said something similar in the chat. He says you cannot keep it unless you give it away. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, 
Jazzy Jeff did an album where he invited all these musicians and they did a collective album in a certain amount of days. There's a song on there, and this was one of my first interactions with Severe. He sent me this song, and Jazzy Jeff says, Die Empty. Die mm. Empty. All the creativity that you... It's, which mirrors what you're saying. Everything that you have inside, let it out. Give it a voice. Give it away. You don't want to die with anything being mm -hmm. held in, with anything like, oh, here's my journal. I'm not going to share these words, or I'm not going to share this song, or I'm not going to try to do this. Die Empty. Let all of your gifts yeah. go. Like, release it. And that resonated with me so much because I think about how much my insecurities and my fears and my uncertainties just completely capped all of what I really have to offer. You know, it just it's just stomping on top of all of that. Well, I can't remember who it was just that just talked about this very thing. He said that he said something like, ain't no way people are going to be releasing any projects for me posthumously because yeah. ain't, yes. ain't, like you're not going to see anything from uh, you're not going to see anything posthumously because right. i'm putting it all out it's all done right as it should be and so going back to a safe space right and i talk about this all the time with with dj hex and and with ray right i i like to dj but i'm not i'm not trying to be a professional dj yeah i'm not trying to do any of that in any way shape or form but they've given me a space where I can play and I can try it. And if I screw up, it's okay. Because literally in my head, and my brother's in the chat, Michael Moda, I wanna I do wanna say this. Like growing up, I I had I was surrounded by a family of musicians mm. and uh improvisers. Ooh. And they knew how to just Ooh. like get in, play a song, transition it as a live performance. I remember always saying, like, well, can we practice? Can we practice? Because I don't have that skill of improvisation mm. like you. But if I practice, I know that I can hit this note. And I know that I can memorize these lyrics. But that was never necessarily fostered. So that became a fear of mm. mine and prevented me from wanting to exercise that side of me creatively. Which now, at 42, I no, I'm going to be 42. <laughs> now... At this age, and sometimes, and I felt bad. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're this age, and you're Man, barely yeah. starting to feel in a safe, creative space. But hey, I'm fortunate that I do get to at least uh, get it yeah. out of my system, get but, it but out. See, it's again, it goes, it goes back to that timing, right? And even our our past guest Anita, mm -hmm. her her explaining that also was just like, Hey, look, I'm this old. And I'm just now mm -hmm. going through yeah. this. Getting in touch with her feminism. Mm -hmm. Her feminism. So it's side. just like it's just you gotta you gotta trust time. Right? I think that yes. that might be the one of the first things you gotta do is be able to trust time and then also just going to, to what S V mentioned earlier, it's just like you can't don't do that to yourself. Don't right. don't put yourself in a negative light because once you do that, it becomes a pattern. Yeah. And everything you start doing is a reflection of that, right? So it's just like, if well, if I say I can't do this thing, then when I look at other people, I'm gonna start looking at them like, why the hell are you doing that now? Like this old, like <laughs> well, this right. old now. See, and how do we reframe that, right? So, mm -hmm. so like, you know what? At 42, guess what I get to do? You know what <laughs> right? I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. How we, we have to, right. So yes, we have to you know, change because, that because it, it's like it's one of those things like like for me like you know. I'm gonna be 47 this year. I was about right? to ask earlier. No, <laughs> I'm about to be 47 this year, and uh, you know, and that's why you know I tell you and I tell so many people that I'm like, my goodness, like, uh, like I like 
I I'm not taking any of this for granted. You know, mm. like there might be some people there that are like, "Damn, you're 47, you're still DJ." <laughs> I was like, you "So I, I'm gonna reframe." I was like, "Yeah, I'm 47, I'm still DJ." Yes. You know what I mean? I, ironically, I I I share that sentiment because I'm gonna be 37 this year, He's and a I, baby. and and I look at it like. A lot of people could look at me and be like, you're 37 and you're just, or you're just now doing this. Mm. It's just like I've been DJing for 20 years. Right. Yes, I'm just now at that spot. But how long have you been doing what you're doing? Mm. And where do you plan on taking it? Right. Right. right? So it's just like there's, there's certain ways of how we go about putting like the context towards whatever it is that we got to remind ourselves. Like it's just. You're going to be 24 and <laughs> reverse, reverse. right. But I, I'm sorry. I couldn't do that with no. yours. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a way Math. different number. Bro. <laughs> but, but it, it's, it, you have to remind yourself of that. And I'm glad that someone other yes. than myself was able to express that See, because you do for, for anybody out there listening and you're debating whether you want to pursue a dream or not. I was like, don't let anybody who gave up on their dream? Mm. Talk you out of you. Yeah, they can't have a lot. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like because it's it's those it's some it's usually those people. Okay, like, and, that, and, and, let me just give you a, a predicament then, right? Because right. here's my fear and how that ties in, right? So I did leave a career in aviation for over 20 years, mm-hmm. a nice, very comfortable position, right? Because I wanted to leap into this unknown territory that I had tapped into. Tw- 22 years ago, I started my journey in the music industry Mm -hmm. but i had kids had to raise a family and so i put it put a pin on it put it on pause but now here i am yeah putting it all (laughs) on the line right i'm saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this my fear is how much more time am i gonna waste for my like how much what else am i gonna screw up with my kids for being absent or for not and i'm thinking about what he's gonna say how can you reframe this right because and, and i am already i'm already reframing it in my head right i don't want to mess up more for my kids than i already have but you know the louder voice in my head is i don't want them to live a life absent of what they want to do right you're mo- you what you're doing is modeling for them that hey like you can't put you can't put an age on, yeah. on you know, on pursuing a dream, right? Like for some, like you said, for practical reasons and and reasonable reasons, yeah. mm-hmm. you put a pit, but it's it's there. Like you you never you didn't give up on it. You're like, okay, not yet. Right. You know, it wasn't a no, it wasn't it wasn't a never, it was a not yet. And then now you get the opportunity, and that's the way I look at it. Like some like, you know, when you know when there was a time when I was traveling to do to DJ conferences, right, mm-hmm. and I was away. For my kids, there were times where I was like, man, I feel bad. Right. Right. Especially mm-hmm. when I'm saying bye and like, you know, my daughter's crying and, oh, God, you know, like yes. I feel like I feel bad. But but I'm like, OK, what if what if they're seeing this and, you know, they're like, OK, well, when I get older, I can take I can take these opportunities. Yes. And as long as, you know, and for me, as long as like when I am home, I'm present. Right. Right. Um. And I want to be able to model that. And and in a way, I'm kind of seeing it because, like, you know, I don't know if y'all, like, saw it, but, like, my 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 daughter was elected the very yes. first, oh, yes. very, Congrats. very first uh, student um, 
board member for the board of education for her mm-hmm. for her school our school district and she's only 14 she's 14 yeah so <laughs> she gets to she gets to vote on anything except for like personnel mm-hmm. right. matters right so she like she's reviewing the budget with like she's all got these a voice. yeah so it, so in a way it's like okay like i'm like through modeling i'm i'm giving her permission to take these risks like to mm-hmm. you know because like because she came home and she was like, "Hey, a uh, principal approached me and said they're doing this. They're doing this position at the um, uh, at the board, and she recommended that I applied." And uh, and I'm like, "Okay," and I did. Is that okay? I was like, "Absolutely, mm. yes." Right. So it's one of those things where I'm like, "Okay," I was like, "I want her to like take these take these these risks. leaps." Yeah, these leaps. So I'm like, "Okay." You know, it could be, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking like entire credit for it, but I'm like, okay, maybe, yes. maybe I am modeling something, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, for, for her to see, right. Mm-hmm. That, that it's okay. You know, and if she didn't get it, then, you know, then we'll talk about it. That's and, and that's okay too. And you got to experience it. You got to understand, you got to understand that there's a process for everything. And once you experience it, everything going back to what you and homie said, it's, Everything you learn, you could end up teaching, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So it's just not, it, none of it is, is for nothing, right? right? So it's just like, even if it wasn't the desired outcome, you're still able to teach it. Right. You're still able to learn these things. I remember um, one, of, one of the clients that I had not too long ago, he actually, um, he was in the major leagues and it didn't work out for him. But now he's coaching one of my other mm. clients, mm. and my client he's only like nine years old, but he's coaching him, and he's gonna coach him to bring him up into the system, right? In order for him to become a major league player, yeah. At nine years old, he's already honing this kid, but because he went through that process and understands what that process was at that level, mm-hmm. he's now taking what he learned, yeah, and didn't have the desired outcome of it, and putting it towards something for someone that it could change a generation for them. And you don't, un- you never under, you never appreciate the, what we call failures because in the right. moment, <laughs> actually Sevier just did a wedding up North for the San Francisco giants. He oh, yeah, he's yeah, an employee yeah. of the San Francisco giants. We did their wedding. He said he'd never, he better have charged double then. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, we did. <laughs> Pineapples. He, he, so so typically typically when we do weddings, I'm a sucker for speeches. You will see me hmm. crying in the corner. Like it doesn't take a lot for me to get very emotional. And Zavir <laughs> isn't really faced by speeches. But um, what we learned was that gentleman he actually used to play for the Dodgers. Oh, okay. When he was younger. Okay. And his brother, in his you know speech, talked nothing about like only spoke about his brother's failures. And he mm. kept saying he failed and he messed up here and he did this wrong and he did, but every single time he got up mm. and he said it was one of the most profound speeches that he had ever heard where something negative about a person's life was highlighted into the best part of his life, mm. which were his failures. And I was like, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. Like your failures, they're your teachers. Right. They are your teachers. I encourage you. See, and that's why I love baseball, because baseball is a game of failure. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, because, because it's like, you know, as they say, you know, if you succeed three times out of 10, mm-hmm. you're a good hitter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's, that's 30%. You know, when any, where anywhere is 30%. I that a good, right. Acceptable. I tried to explain that to my parents and they're like, no, you still failed. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's an F. Imagine. That's imagine, still an F. See, and, and, you know, my, my son's not as, uh, not as studious as my, you know, my oldest. Mm-hmm. So I can see him like getting older. It's like, well, to his teacher, it was like, but well, see, so in baseball, this so, <laughs> so for, so for him because because I'm 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 the same way, right? Like my brother was the academically, like okay. he had that intellect. My mom used to always say, like, I don't know how the how you did it, <laughs> but you graduated with more credits, and I graduate like I, I think my senior year, I only had like three classes. And oh, like, nice! Yeah, okay. I was going home. Well, everybody was barely going like to lunch. Yeah, like I was you were already, like, I'm out. Yeah, I like peace. You were headed the game. But she was like, you finessed the system. Mm. Like you were able to figure out how to get all these bad progress reports, all these Fs and these Ds. You figured out how to meet your needs. Exactly. Ooh. There you go. Look at you, oh, circling back. Look at circling you, back. Uh, I'm not a failure, motherfuckers. I meet my needs. <laughs> but, it, but that's true, though. Yeah. But see, and so, and that's the thing is like your son. He just processes things differently, right, right? Right. He can't sit there and 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 study and look at the same because I can't do that, bro. My wife makes fun of me all the time. Like you read, like I got four books, <laughs> right? I got Alicia Keys, Will Smith, and what about Bo Jackson? No, uh, Bo knows Bo and Tupac. Uh, Tupac's is a poetry book, so that's still, still, book. Book. It's still a book. So I had like, okay, I got five books because then I have the one about Charles Ravine. But those, like, these are the things that I read, and I'm the I'm the type of person. I like reading about other people. I Me like, too. Me I like too. being interested in yeah. what they do. But I don't read because it's not sustainable for me. There's nothing for me to gain unless I'm truly interested in what I need to read. I will figure it out at some point. I'll be able to manage and, like you said, do it within the means of what I need right. to be successful. And I think that's where... Going back to what we've talked about in the past with, um, and, and Severe's always mentioned it, just like the education system. Right. And the flaw oh, in it. God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, we don't, we're not teaching them what they need to know. The yep. absence of. You know, it's just yep. like, we're, just, we're teaching them what we think they should know. Right. But it's just like, I don't, I'm never going to dissect a frog ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I didn't have to do this. You know, like, I, yes, I failed at this. So now I'm, I got a, a mark on my, on my transcripts because I right. couldn't dissect a frog or an eyeball. You're like, I'm a DJ. What the hell do I have to do with <laughs> Math was important if you were a DJ. Math was important. Yeah. To a certain extent. Ad- addition, division, multiplication, subtraction. But it's all that's about his, that's about But his. you know, but you're right though. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's the failure. I mean, we can, we can go in a rabbit hole talking mm-hmm. about the failure mm-hmm. of institutions, but like, you know, and I'm seeing that and I'm, and I'm glad that you know our school district is small, but I'm glad that they're taking steps in inviting, like you know, young people to to have a voice. That's super important. And young I think people it, it and older has, people it has to start in those type of districts, right? In those smaller districts, because the bigger districts, a lot of times they're they're complacent. They're like, no, we've done it like this for years, and this is the success we have. Whereas, as opposed to like the the smaller schools, they have a greater 
a greater chance of being able to risk it all. Yeah. And becoming an example, right? Because it's just like, well, if this this smaller district was able to figure out how to go about going with, with this type of teaching or this type of counseling, right? Let's use the model from here. And it, and some people right. take offense of being a guinea pig, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you are part of the beginning of a process that could change the world in a sense. Yeah. Right? Like, it's mm. okay to be a guinea pig. Well, think of all, like, it, it's fresh in my head because uh, next week I get to actually, like, um, speak at a conference about DJing and self-care, mm. which oh. is super exciting. But part of the research from this workshop is, you know, kind of reading reading up on the history of DJing and mm-hmm. hip-hop. And, uh, and I'm reminded that Cool Herc, Mm-hmm. Was 16 years old when he started Jesus this Christ. whole. When he started this whole thing, he was an immigrant, you know, and he was a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, who started all of this, oh. right? So, uh, so you know, I like I, I I'm and you know, uh, for those who don't know, I worked uh, I worked as a, a youth pastor for 13 years, so I can see, I can see, like, you know, I, I don't. People are too scared to like give young people voices because obviously, right? Mm. They're still, you know, sometimes they can. What's that? It's a threat. And not just a threat, but like, it's 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 about it's about control, right? Like you, you can, you know, in in a way, you can't control teenagers because you know, depending on what age stage they are, Mm -hmm. they'll just say what you know. They say what they say. They word vomit. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I, 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 I really think, um, you know, it's, it sounds cliche, but you know, KRS one did an interview where he implored for people to listen to the younger generation Mm -hmm. and the older generation that if you take a balance of the people before and after you, that they hold all of the answers and you then have the opportunity to take from both experiences and build on that because you don't know everything. Cause like uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, a while ago about like the whole generation gap. Right. So this, this uh, individual was talking about how um, he, he wanted, he needed to learn, you know, he he needed to learn how to change his tire. Right. Mm. So he was, you know, he considered himself a millennial. Right. So he went on YouTube (laughs) <laughs> right everything's like he's like you know what but after all of that i still i still called my dad yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean exactly so it's like so <laughs> so there is like there is value in in you know in in, in bridging in bridging that gap mm-hmm. and i think tying it back to mental health by bridging that gap can create so much healing yeah. you know what i mean and I think what you're doing, yes. you know, you know, you have kids older than mine, and what mm-hmm. you're doing is, you're you're bridging, you're bridging that gap. And let me tell you, because I live in a funny household, because my mom, <laughs> my mom is very set in her ways, like very set in her ways, and things that I've tried to convey to my mom, like mom, what if you look at it like this, or you think about it, like it's just a hard stop. Yeah. But suddenly, out of left field come my kids explaining it in a different way than I do. And all of a sudden, it makes sense to my mom. And I'm like, what the hell? I've been trying to tell you this for the last 10 years. And it takes one of these clowns. And I say clowns because it frustrates me. And you get it. 
She and respects seen, them more than she respects you. I do. And and <laughs> I get, <laughs> I love my kids. They're my best friends. But but I, I've seen how it all comes together. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how my mom listens to what my the feedback that my kids have to say. Because then she's also witnessing the exchange that I have with mm-hmm. my kids. And it all comes together. And it's I I think of everybody, like I'm proud of my kids and the the development and their growth. But I want to say I'm even more proud of my mom because mm. she's a grown woman who already has her own theories and, you know, pieces about herself that she is the way she is. There's nothing that's going to change her to see her now flex into a different realm and understanding. I'm really proud of that. And I'm really happy to see her envelop a, a different perspective. This progress is slow. It's been very slow. But it's there. It's and I tough. admire that from her. It's tough, especially if you come from a family of immigrants. Yes. Right? You know, because I'm convinced that immigrants, they're always on alert. They're always on survival mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's like their, um, their constant mindset is about survival because that's what they have to do, mm-hmm. right, to, you know, to make it, you know, coming here. And that's what I think of a lot of my family so like the way they approach like like for example like career advice right um it's (laughs) you know it's like i want like now i'm understanding hey we are giving you this career advice because we want you to survive correct you know not realizing that hey it's not really about survival right now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean It, it is but it isn't it's not not in the survival that like you had to go through, but it's like, again, now that I'm understanding, it was like, they're not doing it to like necessarily to shit on my dreams. Right. It's, it's, I was like, we want you to, we love you. And we want you to survive. We want want you to thrive. We want you to do better. And I get that. And we always talk about the whole goal is to improve the generations thereafter. Mm -hmm. It frustrates the hell out of me because my mom, I mean, obviously my mom's first language was, is Spanish. Right. And she speaks perfect English and writes perfect English. This woman will still to this day send me a message like, can you just review this email I'm about Mm. to send out and make sure that it's okay and I'm not missing anything. And sometimes it's the same emails that she's been sending and there's nothing wrong with it and it's perfect. And I'm telling her, mom, I've seen the grown ass people not of your descent write (laughs) way worse than this and they don't give a shit. They're still emailing this Terrible. Born and bred in the good U.S. Born and bred here. Terrible (laughs) grammar. Just no structure at all. And you're, you've been there for 30 years and you're still worried about something not coming out perfect. Survival mode. Like you still have this fear that they're going to call you out on something when you've overly established you're good. And, and that now, and saying that out loud, that really breaks my heart sometimes because sometimes I wish that she could just relax in her craft relax in your craft you're good you've you know what you're doing there you're there for a reason yeah. you don't have to worry if if something doesn't come out right because people do it for less i mean it could be an insecurity but it could also be um just her way of being a perfectionist at that mm. right like maybe <laughs> maybe perhaps but that comes around though perfectionism yeah. stems from insecurity insecurity i, I could see that you're right yeah 
Which is interesting because I'll always call her numbers, like number wise. I'm like, mom, did I do this percentage right? Like, yeah. She's like, you've but, asked me the same so, ass question 20 times. But it's because you guys recognize and respect the value that our, that, our, that our they, expertise that hold. Is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I like what, um, what Erica actually had mentioned earlier. She said that uh, it's wild. <laughs> hold on, where'd you go? It says it's wild when her youngest simplifies real life stuff and explains it in her own words. That's what my youngest does all the mm. time. And and it's true because I think we, the older we get, we feel the need to make things more complex yeah. than they should or be. Or control, as you said. Right. Uh, yeah. Control. That? I, what did I hear? I was like, you can, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. Mm. Ooh. I like, I read, like, it's one of those things where you read it and you like, sticks if you can have growth mm-hmm. like you have control you, you can't, can't have, have both, both. that's yeah. true that's true they they end up they end up like manipulating each other if you try to right like you end up one it's like like holding a tortilla like one of them's gonna burn your hand at some point because it's too hot and actually no that's that's actually something i've learned along the way is like letting go of things and we talked about it earlier when ray was saying like your path has already been written and god's gonna find a way to if you deviate he's whether you like it or not he's gonna Mm -hmm. (laughs) forcefully put you back on that path and i've learned because i always want to control everything right Mm -hmm. i want to control the narrative i want to control what happens i want to control how things go down because you're in this fear that what if something goes wrong and Mm -hmm. how can I prepare? Right. And I think now I've learned to just like, let go. Things are going to happen how they need to happen. Work with integrity, be good to people, give to people. And that's going to cover itself. And that's the whole purpose to everything is letting go of that control, trusting your path Mm -hmm. and then just giving. And I think the combination of those three things will provide growth and provide you know, not to say that you don't prepare, you know what I mean? Like you, right. you, you know, you stay ready, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, that's what you can control well, you is, have to, you is have your to accept, preparation. You got yeah. to accept the change. Right. That's because, too. yeah, because it's not always what you prepare for. Right. A lot of times, like what you had mentioned earlier about just being like the preventative versus the, 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 the <gasps> restoration. Oh, aftercare. Of the aftercare. 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 Yeah. Like, God, just blew my mind. like you could pre- you could prepare for all this, but you still have to go through that aftercare process too. Like right. you, you have to. I'm gonna prevent. I'm gonna do what I got to do to prevent this from happening. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna become exhausted at the right. end of right. whatever the situation yeah. may be. Yeah. So you still. But the thing is, you can't neglect either or. You have to. Has to be a balance of both. You have to go out and do that. It's like any sport. And I always, I remember where I used to work. I'm like, we need to run an organization like you run a sport in any sport, right? Mm -hmm. You prepare, you work out, you exercise, you plan your plays, you practice, you do all that stuff, right? There's your preparation, your self-care. And then you play the game. Whether you win or lose, you're reviewing the tape. You're yeah. looking at it. Yep. You're like, what did we do wrong? How could we improve? Wh- who do we need to move where? How can we get that win next? And then it's the circle of life. You prepare the next day. You pri- That's it. If you, That's it. If you think about life as a marathon, right? Y'all, right? Just, did, y'all just did the LA marathon, right? Yes, mm-hmm. we did. So, All of the LA marathon. Ooh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so, the, so the runners. <laughs> don't, don't give us props like we ran it. We just. <laughs> Uh, no, we did we all did the entertainment. Run. We if did you, all the entertainment. If you, if you can tell, I, I haven't ran anything yeah. <laughs> in a while. No, so, but we provided all the entertainment. So, thinking about all those runners, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty-six point two miles, right? That's mm-hmm. freaking crazy. So, 
did they wait till the end to get like no drinks no right but they still they still had something at the end right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so throughout what did they have they had stations Mm -hmm. right self-care throughout right and then at the end there's the aftercare because like you said just because i'm practicing self-care doesn't mean at the end of it i might still i might still need Mm -hmm. aftercare Mm -hmm. right so if we're looking at life as a marathon that's how that's how marathons are organized like through like throughout there's some stations where they're refueling they're 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 doing they're taking care of their bodies so that they can and at the and and not everybody's gonna make it at the same time everybody's going at their pace right so there's gonna be people there that are like boom like i'm right like i'm making it there you know like first but there are some people that i'm gonna finish I, That's I'm, a, I'm I, and I never would have thought about that, but you're a thousand percent right because when we start the race and Raymond opened up one of the races, um, well, actually, Severe <laughs> did Saturday and you did. I, I keep hitting you. I'm so sorry. Severe did Saturday. You call me Raymond. Sun- that was weird. Oh gosh, but they're they're playing music <laughs> for everyone to prepare for this race. People are stretching. You're doing yeah. the whole. It's a whole mental preparation thing. And then you're right. Throughout the duration of the race. There's all these stations, there's water, there's more music, there's people cheering you along. And then at the very end, your banana, your blanket. And then they did have like therapists, massage therapists, like for whatever, for that aftercare that you needed. That's a thousand percent a great way to. <laughs> did they have like pizza at the end or no? Did they have like. Uh, depend- I think it depends where. I don't where remember you go. pizza. Like, I we just were- remember bananas everywhere. I know, I know Hector was in the beer garden. So it was non alcoholic beer though. So oh, okay. They were like, there's like a beer garden, and in in that, I guess the plaza or that mm-hmm. that space, and scary there space. was different like restaurants that you could go. Okay, in. but I never saw a runner eat. They usually, I've of all no, the marathons, no, so the preparation is to carb up before that, right? right? And I only say that because again, my dad has ran like 16 LA marathons, so I I grow I as a child just watched the process yeah and what it takes right and and so exactly how you explain it is exactly what it is like there's the preparation and not just the preparation of that day it's the preparation prior like i remember my dad would not eat anything but carbs for like the first Mm -hmm. two three days before the actual marathon like leading up it's just pastas and breads and things that were going to fuel him because your body needs all those carbs in order to carry you throughout that entire 26 mile race so there's that and then going through that process of the actual race again like you said like the game right and but even within so within each of those things there's something within that that you have to prepare for every time you don't there's never a a a space for complacency yeah in anything in life right because you have to prepare for the day of but with the day of you have to be prepared for that moment and what's going to happen through that moment. And like you said, throughout that entire time, there's things in place to self-care. And you have to acknowledge that you can't neglect it. Because when you neglect it, how many times did we see someone do this? In the middle of the oh, race, Oh, that was stop, actually really scary. Stop, like, full-blown. Just cramp their up. Their whole body. I'd never seen it. The, that scared the daylight out and, of me. And the chances of that happening is because somewhere along the line, they've neglected yeah. the self-care. That scared me. Whether it was before the race or during the race. And I wanted they to help them. I'm like, oh my God. He's like, you they, can't do yeah, anything. Yeah, where they, they could have just been like, there's that water station. I'll just wait till the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you can't wait till the next one. And yep. again, like you said, you have to go about living life that way. Like when there's a hand out for you, 
take it. Mm. When th- when there's something in place to make your life or your situation a little bit easier, don't be too proud to take it. And I say that yeah. from experience because my wife could attest to that. I'm I'll be the, the I'm the first person to ask something last. Yeah, I will never ask for help. I will ne- I will do it on my own. And it probably bugs the shit out of her, right? But at the same time, it's built who I am. But in knowing that and understanding that and having these conversations with my wife, I'm able to have these type of conversations with, with Ricky and building the business and what we do here in Rose City Sound. Because in that same aspect and how you say, like, building a business like a team. It is. Like, you have to do that because... Well, there's always the the performance. There's the preparation before the performance, the performance, and then the after performance. But even after the after performance, there's that ride home. And in that ride home is always the, this is what happened. This is how we could change it. This is what mm-hmm. we, we could do for yeah. this next one, for it, the next like person. The debrief or whatever. It's just like... And you know what? I, I had a, a friend of mine rec- this this week said, well, what is it that you want with Rose City Sound? What is it that you want to accomplish? I think that the answer they were expecting was um, like a financial one or mm. milestone one yeah. or what 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 is it going to mm. look like? What I realized as I was and, and I didn't answer right away, I actually took my time to really think about what what is it that I wanted for me personally? And then I realized that I had it right, that we've been through through so much as an organization, as a team and as a family that in in the last three, four years, we got to a place now where collectively as a group, we've built trust, we've built communication, we've built an actual team. Yeah. And that's what I want. That is what I desire. A group of people who can rely on one another, who can build on one another, because whatever comes from there is what's going to come from there. Right. But if you don't have that solid foundation and that, connection between that loyalty between this group of people what do you have and and that's on 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 two levels and i know a lot of times i always say like you can't mix personal with professional but in in that regard of how we have built the team Mm -hmm. you have to go about it professionally and personally you have to be comfortable with these people personally in order to say i can continue with these people professionally if I can trust them with my own personal life, correct, then I can trust them with my business. I'm a big believer of that. I'm a really, yeah. really, and and that's and you want to talk about modeling things, right? That's growing up. That's what I was around. I saw my parents in the line of work that they did. They blended both things, and I saw the wonderful things that yeah. they cultivated as a result. So that's how I operated. I'm like, okay, cool. The people that I work with, they're my friends. They're the people that I trust. What wonderful things can we do? But that is controversial to a lot of people. Because, oh, it is. Because it's like, wait a minute. No, you you need to compartmentalize. You need to separate things. You need to do this. Well, you know what? That's cool. And that can work for some people. But that doesn't, that's not how I want to work. And But see, I think also there's there's always context to any type of Correct. situation. And I think that's what we always have to recognize. That mm-hmm. goes to the assessment part of life that, that um, SP was Yes. Talking about earlier, it's just like there are personal things that you cannot attach to professional. Right. Right. But just understanding that I trust you personally. Correct. Yeah. Then I could trust you professionally. Yes. Obviously, there's other elements personally that don't match with going into being professional. But you have to acknowledge and assess that. And it's and it's going to be it, it's going to be individual, right? Like mm-hmm. like. 
it no matter what it is, no matter if it's a professional relationship or, or a personal relationship, it's important to have some level of boundaries, yes. right? You know, you know, but like, but when it's you know when it's this type of context where mm-hmm. you know. Like obviously in a corporate environment, I mean a corporate environment, it's it's different, right? Mm-hmm. It's different, you know. But I also have to be careful: am I turning my boundaries into walls? You know what Ooh. I mean? Like oh, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like like I can it, that can easily happen. Be, and now when it becomes a wall, then there's no trust there. Wait, right? mm-hmm. th- what's the difference between a boundary and a wall? So if you think of you know if, if walls are made to pe- keep people out, right? Mm. Walls are, are 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 designed to keep people out or to like yeah, you stay over there, but boundaries like you can cross boundaries, right? But I at see. the same time, you can still kind of get in. Yeah, but there's safety. There's a, there's, there's, a, sa- there's a door for you to. Yeah, be there's able to there's access. safety there. Like there's safety there. They're like, hey, like you're welcome, but at the same time, like I'm responsible for this boundary, mm-hmm. right? But when it's a wall, I don't see you, you know, <laughs> and you can't see me. Right. So it's like for me, I have to be cautious, and I think you know, and and and, and at the same time, you you want to be able to be mindful of your boundaries, right? Even mm-hmm. like just because boundaries are there, you can neglect those boundaries, and, right? And like, you know, and just kind of like, eh, just let, you know, just it's okay, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and again, that stems from you know whatever you have to resolve within yourself but you know but I, but it's important kind of like you know what you said hey um you know like as i get to know newer people right it's like okay i can trust you with it and that's why i appreciated when you said earlier it's like hey what is something that's off topic right because yes. you're 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 saying hey it's okay for you to to practice you know to yeah. to express your boundaries even in mm-hmm. this Country. you know in even this even in in this space so um, so yeah, like in, in, you know, even in, you know, as, you know, as I grow to get to know you all, it's like boundaries are going to shift, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like I was, I, I was safe enough to tell them this. So I think I'm going to be safe to kind of bring more yes. bring this to it, yeah. into it. Right. So, little by little. right. So it's like, um, uh, one of the things that I used to teach teenagers at a camp is, you know, when it comes to like building relationships with other people is like meaningful and lasting relationships are formed when we reveal ourselves to others and others reveal themselves to us. And it's not just about like talking, right? Like, so like the way you're like looking at me right now while I'm like talking, you're revealing yourself to me. You're not even saying, you're not even saying anything. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> you know oh, what God, I mean? No. So like, like you're looking at me, you're like, I, I, I'm really, I, I want to hear what, what yes, you're saying this, is resonating with right. me. And I didn't say anything. Right. You got it. Okay. Right. So oh, it's reading the body language and that's, and, and there's the, the, the Moravian rule where I think it's like 7% mm-hmm. is words. And I, I don't know the numbers, but like the highest form of communication is body language mm. so it's it's the 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 lowest form is the words that being said next is the tone mm-hmm. and the highest is body language so Damn. based on this guy's rule this um intellectual dude right doctor um body language is the most important form of communication because i can be like that makes sense like you can be like hey uh sp you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Right. Mm. 
<laughs> but but even in asking or even even tone yeah i'm good even I'm asking good. Yeah, the, I'm good. I'm even good. even asking the question like yo sp you good and then you're on your phone just, right like, yeah oh this motherfucker didn't really want to know if i'm good or not <laughs> right <laughs> damn you're a thousand percent right and, no, and that's actually one of the, the key factors to like so how you you and my wife and everybody else claims how perfect I am, right? <laughs> like in 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 the aspect of like being able to 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 confide in me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because it's those type of things. Like you you might just be hearing the conversation, but I'm actually watching the conversation and I'm seeing how this person, like, if a person normally talks to you like this. But then all of a sudden they start getting a little bit more fidgety with or the, antsy. You know, it's just like, but because you're focused on listening and I'm watching what their mannerisms are and all I that get is, it. it's like let's pump the brakes on that one right there. Yeah, you know. I'm just thinking. <clears throat> I'm thinking of uh, specific relationships in my life where I've tried to say that I have boundaries, but I have very thick walls with people. Mm. I'm just realizing <laughs> that part. And yes, for the I record, gotta, your wife. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix that. Actually, what I we were just in the realm of being a perfectionist because this one says I'm perfect. My wife says I'm not. My wife just doesn't want to admit that nine out of ten times, maybe ten out of ten times, I'm usually right. But we won't go <laughs> but, we won't, but we won't go into that. We won't go into any of that. You're an old man. That's what it is. It's just you're old. You're like thirty how old are you? I already said it. So I you can't remember. It. It's I'm, like thirty seven or thirty five. I don't know. But I look my point I see the walls that I have with people. And now I'm looking back at the different <laughs> body languages. It's terrible. But you know, sometimes you might have to have a wall. No, no, no. You have to. You know what I mean? But see, that's like uh, a homie said. You got to compartmentalize that. You have to know who you're going to do that with and who you're not going to do that with. I'm sure like in, in our relationship, and, and Ricky and I have only known each other for maybe four years. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until maybe I'd say the last two years mm-hmm. where... The, bear, the 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 walls started coming down, right? Like, doo, 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 doo. and now it's just like, whoa! I know everything. <laughs> whoa! So, so <laughs> back it up, back it up. Sometimes you, beep, just got, you gotta have beep, a wall, beep. and you just like <laughs> you have to have a wall, and that you have to have the ring, and you yeah. just kind of watch from your phone. Yeah, no, the ring. People, oh. people, I was like, she. You just hey. talk to them through the ring hey. until <laughs> until you know. I was like, all right, don't, you, don't, you, it's you not come even. A, it's not even a wall. <laughs> like you know? You know how she does it now, so she thinks she's putting up a wall, but it's just a mesh netting. So, it's like I can still see it. You're <laughs> like, terrible at hiding it. You can't I bring can the wall back. I can still see what you're not trying to show me right now. That's the ring. We all need a ring in our life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wait, to close this episode out because we've been here for 2 hours and I love how oh, easily wow. we can Yes, oh wow, exactly, right? How easily we can have these conversations. Easy I want to circle it back to the original thing I wanted to bring up about the cookies. <laughs> and the conversation that I had with Severe is that sometimes things there's so much going on, go back and do a very simple thing, right? Go yeah. back and take care of something, get your hands dirty and just in the simple form of being a human being, growing a plant. And in this case, sometimes I look at it as baking a cookie, taking the time to to develop a recipe, <laughs> to figure out what tastes good, what does it. You're spending time with yourself and this cookie that everybody else gets joy from. And that's kind of, I guess, was my, my closing question to you. Is that how this kind of came about? 
as an act of, hey, I want to do something, simplify something? Or how did that come about? So, I mean, I've always loved being in the kitchen. Um, growing up, both my parents cooked and um, and probably two best pieces of advice my dad taught me while, he, while I was watching him cook is he's like, you know, son, if you if you like to eat, you got to <laughs> learn how to cook. And then he followed it up with, you got to learn how to cook because you never know who you're going to end up marrying. And at, at first, I didn't understand that until I, met my, until I met my wife, who <laughs> does not cook. Really? She's like, she's like a whiz on finances, and I'm not. So that's like, she's... Oh, there it is. So she's, uh, she's got that on lock, and I am like totally fine, you know, um, making the meals and now learning. Because I never considered myself a baker. I, I, my, my space was... On the top of the oven, not under, not under, not inside. Yeah, but through the pandemic, I, 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 that was my goal too. I baked my own bread like during during the pandemic. It's crazy. Um, you know, I didn't want to, especially when there was like a like a shortage of bread. Mm. Remember that? Oh yes. So I was like, I'm just gonna learn how to bake my own. So, Mm. um, I was able like we loved Hawaiian rolls. So like that was my that was my like that's what I kind of mastered is making my own Hawaiian rolls at home. Um, and then, <laughs> and then these, uh, and then these, these cookies, oh, no. which, which were inspired by, um, the chef that Vini and I both yeah. watched and, and I just kind of took it and made my own tweaks to it, um, used different ingredients. Um, and, uh, and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to give them as gifts. You know what, man? <laughs> right. And then, and then it was Bobito again. That was like. Radar. I was like. Yeah, I was like, "See if you can do a little something with this." I was like, "I was like, I'll place an order, right?" And I was like, eh, "I don't know." And wow! Was, so he was the he initiated the order. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was man. like, he was like, and this was like maybe like almost a year before I actually made the leap. Wow! Because like because I started like researching on YouTube, and again, the whole your brain talking your, mm. your you know, I was like, I was like, I'm 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 hearing a lot of people that. Made, made a business out of their cookies and all, you know, these streets. And then they ended up burning out and, blah, 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 you know, so I'm like, ah, I'm just going to, you know, just I'm just going to give it. them as gifts, you know. And then finally, you know, after more conversations and after like, you know, after um, talking to Severe and um, I was like, you know what, maybe there's, there is something to it. So I made that huge batch for real yes. ones mm-hmm. yes. just to get, just to kind of like market test it to see how people, you know, outside of the circle yeah. will like it so mm-hmm. i was like okay like people really enjoyed it and then my wife was watching the stream i was like i was like everybody's talking about you cooking the chat and i was like for real it's always about the cooking yeah and Bro, i was like and not not just in your chat like in other people i know i know for certain bro that in my chat <laughs> i talk about your fucking cookies all the time <laughs> since the day i had that cookie it's a that's all cookie. i've ever fucking talked about <laughs> And I, and and it's cookie. safe to say mm. that in my household and in Ricky's household, mm-hmm. you are a fucking legend, bro. <laughs> because Truth, those yeah. cookies. Oh man, thank you. They're they're they pack a punch. And, and the 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 ironic part about it is, so my son always tells my wife, Dad doesn't like stuff like that. I don't ever see him like I'll buy a mm. I'll buy cookies, mm-hmm. and when I buy cookies, it's because I want cookies, right? Most of the time, I'm not the real, really the one that eats them. Yeah. But when I buy these, I told my wife, <laughs> and I hope my kids aren't listening because we <laughs> were taking some home. 
you better put them away somewhere because <laughs> hide them. Hide your kids. Hide these your little homies ain't touching <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. They they get a piece, but. I mean, Amazing, that's, that's like over the pandemic, I think that's where I kind of channeled my energy. I still have that kind of like, you know, that that feeling towards like DJing, right? right. But, but for me, I think my step towards resolving that and healing was I put all my energy it's a into create. Because like, I had a desire to create, mm. right? So, yes. So I, I made it kind of like a challenge for me. I was like, okay, since we can't really eat out, right? Like, especially at the height mm-hmm, of like... Mm-hmm the pandemic and I'm like and and these DoorDash expenses are oh my you know God, are ridiculous. Bananas. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna look up recipes. So the places that we can't really go to, I'm gonna try to recreate them at home. So Damn. like that's kind of like the way I check like, you know, obviously there are some that flopped and but then there were some that are like, ooh, this is good. This is gonna stick. This is gonna stick. So so yeah, I think, you know, I mean, you know, I didn't even think about it that way. Mm-hmm. About how even though I enjoy doing it, it actually, you know, it sometimes it is. It's it's sometimes it's it's something that you already know how to do, right? That can help care for your soul and enhance right the soul, right? Right, en- enhance different parts of the other creative parts of your yes. life too, right? Because you know now I'm thinking, well, can we get a cookie mix, like a literally a set? The best songs to eat cookies to, you know, <laughs> like uh, that's what I think about. Yeah. Like, or what is the best? mix that you like to listen to while you're baking these cookies like all of that goes into it because you know it's all energy and it all goes into the cookie um sp please tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet all right so uh, on on all my socials pretty much it's dj sp is me uh, so dj sp is me so it's just dj sp is me because that's my initial that's who i am so that's how you'll find on Instagram, on Twitch. Those are the two things, two places that I'm, I'm most active. So yeah, come follow me on there. And that's uh, where people can place their orders for cookies. Yes. So I usually post, uh, and that's something, you know, like I talk about, like I didn't want to burn out from this. So um, the way I manage that is, okay, I'm going to open up pre-orders mm-hmm. and I will close them at a certain time. And, yes. right. and, and that's that, smart. That works out, right? Like, yeah. It, it seems like you have a good balance. Yeah. Like of how you want to go about doing anything, which is really good. It, it goes back to the assessment. Yeah, Absolutely. we don't want to see SP I'm, one day throwing these cookies. Uh, Fuck this fucking cookies! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making these anymore. <laughs> we do not want you to burn out at all whatsoever. But thank you so much for, yes, for, so much ha- for having coming through, bringing us cookies. And I'm going to say, I'm going to walk away from this episode. I want to bring Bobby to the show because mm-hmm. his intuition and you affirmed it for me today yeah. His intuition is something to be talked about. Yeah. Because I'm I'm shocked. Like I said, just from the interactions that I had with him this last year, I was like, this guy has a radar for people and yeah. things. So I definitely want to bring him on on our show. Yes. But thank you again for coming all the way down here and spending this time with us and bringing us these delicious gifts. We appreciate you very very much. Uh, today's episode was produced live by this guy Raymond Andrew at Rose City Sound Studio with your host me SP and Ray. <laughs> For topic suggestions and sponsorships, please email us at onthisfrequency at gmail.com. If you missed this live stream episode, you can always catch it on YouTube. We drop these episodes every Wednesday, and you can find the link in our show notes if you listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon. I hope I did Natalie justice with all of these. You know what? You did did good enough. Woo! 
Woo! Good, good enough. If you love us, please subscribe, like, and share these episodes with a friend. We're always grateful for all of your support. You can also support the OTF team by buying us some coffee, and you can send us your donation at buymeacoffee.com slash or forward slash <laughs> on this frequency. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you, everybody in the chat. Have a good night, everybody. Happy Friday. Cinco de Mayo. Venganse, venganse. Vamos a jugar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a cantar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a llorar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a fumar hoy, hoy, hoy. Vamos a jugar.